You're listening to the Grapes and Gorak Podcast. Powered by Overtime Media. Welcome back. Episode 76 of the Grapes and Gorak Show. I'm Grapes. I'm Gorak. This episode is brought to you by MyPillow, the world's most comfortable pillow. Use promo code GRAPES to get up to 50% off at MyPillow.com. Um, and that'll bring us into our uh, our off-season review episode. Um, yeah, is- I feel like we maybe there's a lot of good players still out there, but I think Vikings are kind of set. This is this is at the same time last year we did an off-season review, so we'll I feel like go position by position, talk about who we added, who we subtracted. A lot of moves this year. I was listening to last year's and it was pretty. Uh, I feel like we brought most of the band back this year. Sent a lot of people packing, brought a lot of new people in, so. Well, uh, should we jump right into quarterback? Yeah, let's let's jump into the quarterback position, which is relatively the same as last year. Yeah, I mean, we brought back Shamanian on a minimum deal. I got no problem with that. Do you have a problem with that? No, he's probably not going to count against the cap. Let's roll with it. Yeah, uh, and then we added Nate Stanley, Iowa quarterback. Uh, yeah. If you listen to last, well, not last week's, I think it was three weeks ago we did our draft recap. I, I said he was a fifth round value when you laughed at me, you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. So we, our full quarterbacks is Kirk Cousins, Sean Mannion, Jake Browning, and Nate Stanley. Uh, do you, what are your thoughts? Like, do uh, you think they all make the team? I mean, I, I think we, we didn't do anything there. So, like, lateral move. We didn't improve. We didn't get worse. Last year, we had Kyle Sloter going into the season. This year, it's Nate Stanley. I mean, Sloter didn't even make the team, so. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I, we're, we're not one to keep three quarterbacks on the roster. But so, you know, obviously I think Mannion's going to be the backup and it'll probably a battle for the practice squad spot between Stanley and Browning. Did um, we keep three on the active last year or was it just Cousins and Mannion? And then Browning just, was on the practice squad. It was just Cousins and Mannion. And then the year before, we did keep Slaughter on the 53, right? Slaughter, Slaughter. I, uh, I don't. I don't think I don't so. Know. I don't think mm. so. Okay. So, but I, I agree with you. I think it's Cousins, Mannion are your two on the fifty-three, and then it's Browning or Stanley. And right now, I would give the edge to Stanley just because he was drafted and Browning wasn't. I, and also, if I, you like Browning a ton. Why would you draft Stanley? I, I think uh, I, I honestly would lead Bra- lean Browning just because he spent a year, and I you drafted quarterback. Just I mean, they. They quote-unquote, quote, quote, <laughs> well, yeah, and quote-unquote, they say you should draft a quarterback every year no matter where it is. But just, I don't think Rick Spielman really abides by that. I think he's drafted, what, John David Booty was his last pick of quarterback yeah. besides Teddy. And what does he have? What, who's he drafted? Ponder, Teddy, Booty, and Stanley? Is that it? I think that's it. I think. He's I mean, I don't know. He might have been around for the T-Jack draft, but that's going like back before he was yeah. even like GM. That was a chilly pick. Yeah, that was a triangle um, of trust. The triangle of authority, I think. Uh, so, okay, so you're going Browning, I'm going Stanley, and overall quarterback, I mean, nothing really changed. We brought back Manning on minimum. I don't hate it. I don't, I mean, he's not exciting, but I don't yeah. want to pay a backup, so. Yep. No, I think I think we're good. Uh, yeah. Manning's fine. I mean, he plays week 17 against the Bears, so whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he had a couple good passes. Other than that, he looked horrible. Uh, Kirk Cousins, so extended him. What are your What are your thoughts on that one? Uh, well, you know, we didn't get the next Patrick Mahomes, so you, you roll it back. I feel like we sort of knew we're at pick 20, 22 after the Diggs trade. Yep. You're not getting any of the top three. You could have got Love, 
and so that's based- all, yeah, and that that's all based on how you how what you thought of love. Yeah, we clearly didn't think he was. I mean, we certainly weren't on the same page as the Packers. Yeah, well, I think it was either a like you didn't think he was going to be there, so you extended Kirk Cousins, or b you didn't like him. Yeah, I mean. Hopefully guess, it's B, because if I, it's A, then I think you kind of were, if you really liked Love, I mean, you still could have took him. I was just going to say that. Yeah. If it is A, you you don't pass him up. If you think he's yeah. going to be, you know, the next Mahomes, you don't yeah. pass him up at 22 and 25. So I think all signs point to that. We thought he was maybe more of a second round player. Even maybe we didn't like him at all. Who knows? Yep. So if you're not going to sign or draft someone, like who else was... There was really no one else available that would have taken Kirk's job or be as good as Kirk. So extend him, push it, you know, throw, kick it, you know, a couple more years, gain $10 million in cap, and yeah, I, maybe I, next year you draft a guy. And I don't really like the idea of Kirk playing – the idea of Kirk playing out just this year on his last year of his deal. Like, you know, say he blows up. I mean, definitely a, uh, in the realm of possibility. Then, then he goes and tests free agency again. Yeah, you're stuck tagging him, which is a third-time tag, which is, like, a big number. Yeah, um, I think it's, like, $47 million for a third-time tag or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so I think, like, knowing that no one would have fell to us or anything, like, you know, if Tua would have, because I wouldn't even really want Herbert, so then, okay, let's get Cousins. If he fails this year, then hopefully you're drafting higher and you can take a shot at which what I think uh, is probably a better draft class for quarterback next year. I think it's just a better draft class overall. We kind of... Talked talk about that last night between the two of us. But, yeah, no, I think the uh, the quarterback class is better next year. It sounds like um, if things keep going the way it is, there's going to be like a three-dog race for the number one spot between Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and uh, the kid out of NDSU, Trey Lance, uh, who seems to be getting a lot of hype. He went uh, last year with 41 total touchdowns, passing and rushing, and zero interceptions. So uh, he's kind of been getting some hype. Uh, yeah, and then you have the two Fields and Lawrence who are like almost locked in. As yeah, like, it's almost like a luck RG three. Like these are like elite talents. So not that I don't expect us to be drafted high to do that, but say we did have a really bad year somehow, or Kirk got hurt or something, and you've got a lot of ammunition. We got a lot of picks that maybe you could move up and. Yeah, take let, and yeah. Then Kirk you, has if, what would have two more years after that, but I believe you can cut him all- in the final year and you save like twenty five million dollars. Which is, which is strange because it's a fully guaranteed contract, so I don't know how that works. Well, but his his twenty twenty two year is not fully guaranteed. I don't oh, think he got not? a fully guaranteed. No, it's I thought I thought he zero got zero guaranteed salary. Oh, I thought he got another fully guaranteed contract. No, two year extension worth sixty six, and sixty one in fully guaranteed, including a thirty million dollars signing bonus. So okay, his so base salary is not guaranteed until like the third day of the league year. Okay. Okay, so, that makes so sense. So, like, this year he's he's on for a $21 million cap hit, which is actually kind of low. Yeah, like, well, didn't he get $51 million? I mean, because 21 this year and then 30 for signing. Yeah, so to him it was no big deal. But, like, it's funny. People are like, oh, Kirk Cousins makes so much money we can never sign anyone. Well, his cap hit's $21 million, which is actually because he pushed it all into the third year because it's yep. $45 million that third year. <laughs> but, again, you can cut him and save $35 million of it. So it would be $10 million in dead money, which is the signing bonus. So right now, Kirk Cousins is on two-year deal with a third-year option. Basically, so you could yeah. certainly draft a quarterback next year and let Cousins play in 2021 and then move on. Yep. So 
Anyways, uh, so I like all the moves there. Yeah, um, yep. there's, yeah, bring, yeah, re-signing Kirk, bringing back Manny and drafting Stanley. I mean, it, yeah. It, yeah. Nothing exciting, nothing. but yeah. So let's jump now to running back. Yep, uh, uh, no changes there at all, right? Yeah, no. Did we bring Abdullah back yet? I don't, I don't think, think so. we did. Is I he still? Think, a fr- I don't think we brought back Abdullah yet at all. I don't I, know. I haven't, I haven't heard anything. Let me check it out quick. I mean, that's the key. Is like, what is Abdullah up for? You know, that's what's, yeah. But, but otherwise, Cook, Alexander yeah. Madison, Mike Boone, um, right, right there. I mean. Like Abdullah's good, you know he's good on like yeah. We you know, did sign Abdullah. We did okay. Uh, kick return specialist, you know. Um, so so we're bringing those guys back, and that was a good running back room. Uh, Madison obviously gonna have another year in the league. He'll uh, he'll be better. Dalvin hopefully stays healthy again. Um, he should be better. Maybe uh, extend him. How do you feel about extending Dalvin? Um, I am definitely behind extending Dalvin. Uh, it's, it's just a scary thought just because of how good, how good I think he is. I think he's worth, you know, 12, 14 million, but like you really can't extend him five years at that price just because you have no idea his health. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't been the healthiest and then the whole just running backs in general, like, is it worth paying them? I, I would extend him. I would hope we don't pay him McCaffrey money. I don't think he's worth McCaffrey money because McCaffrey has proven to be never hurt where Cook has been hurt. I think Cook could be as good as him, not as a receiver, but like, I think one thing Delvin does have going for him though, is like, because he's kind of gotten hurt, he's gotten less usage over the years. So if his body was able to recover, you know he's gonna he's gonna have less he's gonna have less hits. I'm still here. Uh, okay, good. Can, do you see me at all? I can okay. see you now. Yeah, we're good. Uh, it like froze okay, up. but oh, uh, but uh, you know he's got less hits over the years. So you know if he can stay healthy, he might be worth the money. Um, whereas McCaffrey has proven to never get hurt. Where you know he might be like in line for a big time injury well and they have like he plays like 98 percent of the snaps like they are running him into the ground i mean cook like you're saying like his injury as a rookie actually i mean he basically redshirted his rookie season after five weeks you know he sat the whole season so he's only 25 like i have no issue extending him um and we actually you know like people worry about our cap like our cap now is like pretty wide open because we cut People think like, okay, you cut Rhodes, you cut Limbaugh, like that only affects this year. Those guys were on the books for future years too. So like their $10 million hits or whatever are gone. I mean, we have like f- almost $50 million next year once Reef is off the books too. So That's wild. Plenty of space to uh, re-sign Dalvin Cook, you know. I don't, I don't see and, any issue with it. And, you know, like I, uh, I have no problem giving Cook big money. Um if it's like a three-year deal, you know, three years, forty-two million, eighteen to twenty-four guaranteed, uh, you know, then then you just play it out. Maybe make most of it a signing bonus, so maybe just the first year's guaranteed out of it. And well, and put cut. yeah, like front load it to like maybe the first year or two are the guaranteed years. So you get two good years out of him. Like he's twenty-five. I'm sure he'll still be real good when he's twenty-seven. And if he starts to something changes or he's hurt all the time, just if you. Front load all the guarantees, and you can just cut them. Yeah, which we do with most of our players. Almost, I've, almost all of our players, all the guarantees are in the first two years. Maybe a little bit bleeds over into the third year. Yeah, and, 
And I think a lot of teams are kind of going towards towards that, but it seems like the Vikings have been like kind of predominantly using that kind of way of uh, structuring deals for the last like seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, and and honestly, I feel like as a team, you could be like, okay, we're not going to do this because look what happened with Devontae Freeman, with Todd Gurley, with all these running backs that like, so you could go to Dalvin Cook and be like, sorry, like you're not getting this. It hurt these teams really bad. So like, and like even with, with Dallas, like they lost Byron Jones and are struggling to sign Dak Prescott because yeah, they decided is. to pay Zeke and Jalen Smith a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, I think we're both on board with extending Cook. And it seems like that's probably going to happen sometime at some point. Like every time yeah. I listen to someone or read something, it's like, oh, it's inevitable basically. Yeah. And like, I, yeah, like you said, we're going to have close to 50 million in cap space if we cut Reef next year. So, I don't know. Keep keep your own good players, and you know, go fill other holes in free agency with that money. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, what's up? I was gonna say I'd rather you know resign Cook than try and go get like you know Carlos Hyde to you know be the pair with <laughs> Alexander Madison. You know. Yeah, and also like it makes sense. Like, okay, don't pay running backs because they're not as valuable. But it's like, okay, I don't have a bunch of people to pay, so why? Like, Again, like it's not like you're taking away. If you're fifty million, and who else is going to be up for a contract? Uh, Anthony Harris. Anthony Harris will be up. You'll have probably Thielen would be close. I would guess. I don't. He think might Thielen's have that close. No, he, I think he's got three. I think his new extension just kicked in this year, doesn't it? So he's got three years left. Um, yeah, Thielen is signed through twenty twenty four. Oh, so he's got four years left. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, yeah, um, I just I don't feel like there's a ton of guys. I mean, who was in the Cook draft class? That's well, Cook was our first pick, and then we added a third round. Who did we get in the third after Cook? Oh, must not have been that great. No, I think uh, I don't think we really have our own side because we got Bar. It, I mean, Bar and Kendricks are here for a while. Hunter's here for a while. Harrison Smith, Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, all of our like. You know, yeah. our core is here is extended and signed probably. And then the rest of the guys that you think are gonna be like the pieces, it's like, you know, Bradbury, rookie deal. Uh, you know, the two corners we drafted this year, rookie deals. Maybe Mike Hughes is coming up in a couple of years, but like does he Mike Hughes is on his third year this with a fifth year option. Year. Well yeah, if next offseason you'll decide fifth year option or not. And if not, he'll be going in I mean, he's still got two yeah. years. So I guess my point is like Yes, in a, in a, if I'm building a roster and I'm worried about space, like maybe I don't pay Delvin Cook, but I don't really see the reasoning to not re-sign him. What, so I can just have $10 million of cap space? Like, yeah, would I, I rather have Delvin Cook or cap space? Delvin. I'll take, I'll take Delvin Cook. So, like, I don't, th- I don't see us needing or extending players or signing players to get up to the cap. Like, who are we going to sign? A left guard? Yeah, and it's not like he's going to cost you $20 million. Yeah, a defensive end maybe yeah, next like, offseason. Like, yeah, maybe you want to make a run at Clowney or one of the other DNs who are available, but like, like or a three tech. I don't know, but I. Yeah, I just think you're going to be so much space that a Harris extension, a Cook extension, you're still going to have like thirty million dollars. Yep. So it won't be an issue. So let's bring Cook back. But uh, quarterback, running back, I feel like they're both basically the same. So and no we improvement. Back Ham, throw him in there. CJ Ham, yeah. fullback, another year extended him. A lot of people yeah. freaked out about that. Like, oh my gosh, they're spending money on a fullback and they're letting all these great players leave. But I think his cap hits like nothing. So calm down, yeah. people. They can, yeah. you know, they see like it's you know four years, twelve million, but all right. it's not actually how the, the cap 
looks like. So yeah, and uh, so we'll so running backs same good. We go to wide receivers. Um, this is kind of an interesting little position group now. Yeah, yeah. This, I, is, it, this you know just while we're on the topic, you know you got fifty million in cap space potentially next year. This is probably a group where you could spend a little bit of that money and add a you know another top you know he could be a number what number two wide receiver but like you know he'd be the third on our roster because we just drafted Jefferson mm-hmm. we got Adam Thielen we could even draft a wide receiver next year next year's draft class for wide receivers looks to be even better than this one yeah so I would I see I just I don't feel like we would pay a receiver because of one he would probably be a third and then the scheme wise I don't think we use a third receiver as much as a lot of teams. Like, we play two tight ends or a tight end and a fullback so much that, to me, it just seems like it'd be unlikely. I wouldn't mind, like, if we would sign just kind of a burner type or someone that adds something different. But, again, I don't think it – you're not going to go out and sign a DeAndre Hopkins or something. So Yeah. And, yeah, like like you said, our we use a lot of 12 personnel, two wide receivers. I mean, Diggs was our number one wide receiver last, last year. He had 98 targets. 60 some catches with that and that's with Thielen being out most of the time yeah you know? and that and, and most of those were like deep balls yeah so like I don't know get yeah. Deshaun Jackson and throw him out there for six honestly like yeah like what you would want is someone that could like step in if someone does get injured but maybe that is so we added Taji Sharp um you know kind of just a run-of-the-mill veteran but he's still pretty young uh, and then it sounds like I don't know I was listening to uh uh, Luke Bronze podcast uh, for whatever reason why I was doing that and oh he was talking about Sharp and he was watching a little Sharp he likes his route running and thinks that BC and Sharp are kind of like a push at route running which I find interesting because I thought you know BC that's one of the better things that he does um, and I didn't really think Tajay Sharp was one of those kind of guys yeah I mean 25 years old he as a rookie, he played well. I mean, I feel like he almost just kind of got squeezed out there. Like, they had too many... Well, he was an old regime pick, you know? Yeah, so they kind of... I feel like they just sort of were like, okay, like, we have A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, we signed, we paid Adam Humphreys money. They got Taiwan Taylor, who uh, I think Vrabel drafted as well. So. Yeah. So, as a rookie, he started 10 games, which, again, that's pretty impressive. And he would have been, what, 21? Yeah. Because he's And he had 500 yards... And then he was out for the whole season in 2017. I'm not sure that's, what the injury was. What that's was where he lost his job. Yeah, uh, foot injury. So, yeah, and then he came back and he had a couple 300-yard seasons, started 13 games and six games, and, yeah, I feel like he kind of fell behind the eight ball because of the injury. But and, and, you know, like Marcus Mariota was their quarterback, and he's no longer there. Never so got like, to really play with Tannehill, a good quarterback. Like, yep. Well, so, good, I don't know, got hot. It, yeah, but, like, he was good last year, so... Yeah, he never... I mean, he was... Ba- and, like, that offense was garbage. If he would have had maybe a... Got to go with A.J. Brown across from him and said, you know, obviously you draft Corey Davis really high. You're going to play him. You paid Adam Humphreys all this money. You're going to play him. So, you're fourth stringer. So, yep. I mean, and I don't expect him to be, like, an impact player or a starter, but I think he's certainly better than... Like, I would, I would agree with Luke Brown. Like, him and BC are kind of on that same level. Very competent third receiver can start in a, you know, in a pinch and pretty much better than everyone else we have. Like, yep. I would put him ahead of Chad Beebe and all those other Dylan Mitchells and whatnot. Yeah, and I think, uh, like, Tajay Sharp is 
I mean, if he falls to your number four, if BC improves that much, like that's that's not bad. I mean, uh, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, uh, BC, Tajay Sharp, and BB, Dylan Mitchell, Alexander Hollins, whoever fills out the rest of the roster. I mean, it's it's good, not great, but like that's definitely a serviceable serviceable group for what the uh, the Vikings plan to do. Yeah. And, you know, Taji Sharp being a big body receiver, I uh, I wonder if he kind of fills that uh, Laquan Treadwell blocking wide receiver role. I don't know how he <laughs> is at run yeah. blocking, but, you know, every time Treadwell was in, it was a run. A run. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope that's not what we brought Tajay in. Um, so you had mentioned, obviously, Jefferson. We drafted him first round. Uh, and I feel like it kind of comes down to him if this is going to be a group that's – it's hard to even say because you trade Diggs, obviously, was – ridiculously good player you can't just say okay we're we're still as just as good as we were last year like you don't know if jefferson's going to be good enough but you certainly have like the pieces to be if jefferson hits like this could be just as good as last year yep. so i think it comes down to like is jefferson going to hit the ground running then you have like you said thielen jefferson sharp bc that's actually probably better than the group we had last year because you add sharp but but then again like Diggs was, was out, and then and Thielen was out nine games, so yeah. it was Diggs, BC, Treadwell. Yeah, Treadwell played a lot because uh, BB was hurt for most of the season. Yeah, and so. Alexander Hollins, like those were your four receivers you were throwing out there last year. So this this year it should be a better group if ever if Thielen's like on that. the field. That's the thing. Yeah, like looking at like just the roster. There's no way you can say it's better. You can't just draft a guy in the first round and be like, all right, he will place Diggs, no problem. Can't assume that, but if Justin Jefferson hits, people stay healthy. It certainly could be a more productive group than it was last year. Yeah, and uh, I don't know about you, but like I'm ready to uh, to ride the Jefferson train. And I know we didn't talk to talk about him much during the draft. Like while we did a lot of reviews, we kind of like he was. I don't know. Listening back, he was always kind of the receipt the top receiver that we always kind of skipped over. We touch on him, yeah, but we'd always you know focus on like. That next year, we'd focus on like you know, CD Lamb, Jerry Judy, Tier One, Tier Two, you know, Rugs, Jefferson fits in there, and we'd always, you know, throw in like Ayuk or Rager and everything. I we'd feel always... like what a lot of it was is that we did find him super similar to Diggs and Thielen, and we kept thinking like, okay, they're gonna look for more like a burner, like Rager or uh, Ayuk seemed like a little more of a burner type, or maybe they go with a, a bigger size guy like T Higgins. And we ended up actually taking the guy that's probably most similar to Diggs or a Thielen, where it's like he's all about route running, you yeah. know. And Which, I always, yeah. And I thought, you know, you know, and like a lot of people keep saying, you know, he's a pre, was predominantly a slot receiver. But um, I, I went to uh, go watch Jamar Chase a little bit, and like Jefferson lines up, I don't know, probably in the slot a lot. He runs a lot of outside, and it sounds like Kubiak, uh, like he was the receiver that he really wanted for the most part. Probably mm-hmm. because he's so similar to Diggs and Thielen. Um, but I feel like the whole slot thing is is more of that's just the role the offense put him in. Like there's a there was a year where Diggs played a ton of slot with Filippo, like but he clearly can play on the outside. Thielen plays a ton of slot, like even last year, but he obviously can play on the outside. And then even like it's isn't it the Joe Brady, like isn't that where Michael Thomas plays with the Saints? Yeah. Like he can clearly play on the outside, but he murders people on the inside. So I think it was just sort of like, all right, Jefferson Jefferson is very good at this role. Let's do it. But we'll see what he yeah. can do here. I think he can do both. 
Yeah, Jefferson. Like, I mean, you throw him in the slot. That's kind of like a like a night like a matchup nightmare because you know slot cornerbacks are usually smaller. He's six one, um, but he's still shifty like a slot receiver. Mm-hmm. And clearly so, has a great feel too for like when you watch his highlights, like the zone and like the stutters and like the hesitations. Like he knows how to get open in like in that slot area with all that space. So I think and, it was just the perfect spot for him. Yeah, and that's huge. I mean, like uh, getting open, like route running and separation that. That stuff translates to the NFL. If you can like clearly tell like the dude knows how to get open with his feet and shit like that, like that well, a great translates. A great example. Yeah. Know, like, well, that too. Yeah. Great after the catch. I think a good example of like why route running is so big is like look at Dylan Mitchell and BC Johnson. Like Mitchell has more like athletic talent, but I think BC's just like a smarter route runner, more savvy player, and he actually can open. get open. Yeah. So. Um, and I think Justin Jefferson being like in that slot role mostly with LSU, I think that also kind of threw us off his scent and made us go towards like, you know, I had the t- I had like my top three, which was Ruggs, uh, Lamb, and Judy, and oh. Jefferson was always just kind of fourth for me. And then towards the end, I was like, I don't know, it doesn't make sense. I'm gonna go with a uh, you know a burner or a Uke or you know. And in the end, I, now looking at it, it's like I don't know. Justin Jefferson seems to be like also the most ready, which yeah. is big because we need a guy like now to like yep. be a starter. So. Hopefully yeah, Jeff- Jefferson just ended up being the guy who, like, you know, he wasn't super flashy. I, I-, I almost want to call him, like, quote-unquote boring. So you just kind of – you overlook him and you just put the hype players above him. It's like kind of funny. Like, we we talked about that on a few positions. I'm trying to think who they were. But, like, players that have been so good for so long that they, like, you almost, like, move on to the next hot thing. Like, Justin Jefferson had, like, re- insane stats. Like, his production at LSU was, like – absolutely ridiculous but then it's like he's old news like well look at this Jalen Rager guy yeah. he he's someone no one's talking about like look at the speed dude had like 600 yards yep. and I know he had bad quarterback playing stuff but like I feel like people get like tired of talking about the top guys so they kind of just move on to like what's the next thing so hopefully that's this case with him but uh we also took KJ Osborne receiver uh yep. Miami another addition I feel like he's probably more of a special teamer return guy Yep. So I don't know if it's like when picks are that late, I'm not sure it really like moves the needle. So overall, would you say we like improved at receiver, regressed? We obviously we lost Treadwell, we lost Diggs, and we added Jefferson, Sharp, and Osborne. I'm gonna say we regress, but just a hair. So just because like just just based off losing Diggs. Yeah, Diggs is a top ten receiver. Like getting three guys to replace Diggs, that's not saying you're improving because. You know, you don't know where you're getting in Jefferson. I'm going to regress, but I do like where the team, where the group is at. Yeah, I, I, we like the moves. I think they did a good job of, like, trying to replace him. And also, the haul we got back for him was fantastic. Yep. But you can't sit here with a straight face and say, we got better at receiver when you trade Stephon Diggs. That's yep. ridiculous. I, I feel if I, I, like, obviously I like the group, but I feel like if I say we are better at receiver right now, Everyone's turning this podcast off and never turning it back on. Yeah, besides the, <laughs> the huge homers that are like, yeah, damn right. Yep, exactly. Everyone will just be like, oh, yeah, this is a total homer podcast. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we're about. <laughs> it kind of reminds me, last year we had talked about, like again, I listened to uh, this one from last year, and like running back, we lost Murray, the proven veteran, but we drafted Madison. So we both agreed that's regress because we don't know yet what Madison is. Looking back... I mean, I would say Madison was just as good as Murray. So if Justin Jefferson can be just as good, like there's a candidate there to replace Diggs, which yep. is, and it was a high pick. So I like yep. what they did. I like the moves. 
Uh, we certainly aren't just rolling with Thielen Sharp and BC Johnson. Uh, Thank God. Yeah, because that would have been a little scary. Uh, okay, so I think we both agree, though, regressed with a good chance of recovering quickly, I would say. Yep. So let's jump to tight end. I don't. Did we do nothing? What's what's up with David Morgan? Is he basically gone? I think he's gone. I think I think he's off the roster. Yeah, I don't even know if that dude's like. I don't play think football he's on, again. Yeah, I don't think he's on our roster anymore. Yeah, um, I didn't see him. So I, I mean, I think Morgan's have, gone. So we're bringing back the same three: Rudolph, Irv, Conklin. Uh, really, not much to talk about here. Uh, I think. Yeah, it's the same. I, I mean, it's the I, same. Group. I, yeah, and I think obviously Irv Smith's a year older. Um, you're better, hopefully. So honestly, I, this, yeah, I feel I like this group got better. Yeah, I sticking around. I feel like with him, hopefully, he helps replace Diggs a little. Like not obviously the play or like the style, or but the like D, the production. Yeah. Yeah. Like just someone's got to pick up the slack of those sixty balls that were caught. I feel like Irv now, year older, year in the system. He showed flashes that he's gonna be good. Yeah, I'd like to see him play a little more H back. Uh, yeah, kind okay. of move him in the backfield, see what he can do. Uh, maybe run a, some like a delay delay tight end screens on like a play action to him on the backside. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Get the ball uh, in his hands a little bit. Yep, yep. And uh, Rudolph last year, I thought he had a, one of his best seasons. Like he, yeah, they, he, they used him like exactly how he should be now in his career, just like a red zone monster, short yardage guy. Like he had a ton of touchdowns, a bunch of really nice ones, like one handed back of the end zones. I mean, yeah, game winning total. I think you've said it before, but he also seemed to be a little faster. So I don't know if he changed his workout or whatever like that. But, you know, he did seem to be a little more slender, but faster. Yeah. He, he didn't I, seem honestly, less I, I, Yeah, yeah. Like, less plotting. Like, he seemed like he could move a little. Honestly, it was why I don't look at all about the stats and stuff. But, like, just production-wise, I feel like it was one of his better years. Like, top. I, like, I think it was top two, if not his best season. Um, Which there was talks of cutting him last year, like oh we got you know we, we, he's was, not worth it, and you know even even into like week six, I was like Kyle Rudolph sucks. Right? <laughs> he had that, well, I mean he had that uh, good game. I think it was against Detroit. Yep, he and killed them. I think it was a good stretch between like from Detroit all the way through Dallas. He had well, good games. What's funny was, is he started the season doing terrible. Like he was like never getting thrown to. Not like he was dropping balls or anything, but like. He wasn't getting the ball, and then all of a sudden he went on a tear, and he just started. I think it started with that Detroit game where it was like Thielen went down, and he became. I think probably because comfortable or Cousins was most comfortable with Rudolph because he's been around him the longest, so that's why he started targeting him a little more, and he started to trust him a lot more. Uh, and Kirk Cousins, back going back to Washington, he always loved throwing to Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis. Mm-hmm. So uh, I mean, now it was you know Diggs, Thielen. And the DeFilippo offense, those were his first two reads. Um, so looking at his stats, it was actually not a great statistical year for him. But again, I just oh. remember the first four or five weeks he had like zero. So I wonder yeah. if you like prorate like more of what happened in the back half if he did. Because he had just short of 400 yards, about 40 catches, six touchdowns. With DeFilippo, 64 catches, 600 yards, and four touchdowns. But obviously we threw the ball you know, twice, twice as, much. as much. But even, uh, I don't know, 2016, so that would be the year before... Keenum, he had 840 yards and 80 catches. Bradford's here, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, Bradford. Wow. So, huh. yeah, he did. So, so I, I just felt like his impact was they used him perfectly last year, where it was like red zone monster, just, you know, making plays in the red zone. And like you said, I feel like he actually made a couple people miss in the open field, which is very rare for him. So, and I think a, that's, yeah, I, I think that's one thing that uh, Rudolph, like, 
uh, you know, before he was getting, you know, 80 catches, 60 catches, still like 10 yards a catch. But like it was, it just seemed, you know, you're feeding them. And it's like, dude, do something. Whereas now we're just using him as it to make an impact. Yeah. You know? Um, it's a good so one-two punch. Why, yeah, so maybe that's why it seemed like he was like better this year than all the other years. But I honestly was about to say this was last year was probably his top three years, but apparently not. Yeah, I mean, he only had he had three other years with less yards, so he has like five other seasons where he had more yards. Okay, all so. right. Well, uh, dude still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you look at so here's his season to start the year: week one, zero. Uh, yards week two nine yards week three 11 yards week four 12 yards and week five four yards and so then, he went through the first five weeks and just didn't get the ball like less than 50 yards total. i was gonna say that's like 58 yards but even less than 50 wow yeah so then and then he, he picked it up a little against the eagles but then yeah it was that lions game five for 58 and a touchdown and then he had a couple bronco game five for 60 and a touchdown four for 50 and a touchdown against the seahawks and then you know he had the good playoff game so i don't know it just felt like his he was more impactful even if he was far less statistically actually good. So yeah. uh, that group stays the same. Obviously, you hope for an Irv Smith uh, second year, like, you know, what do they call that? Like their second year fucking breakout, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you're looking at the players, it's the same same squad. So uh, now, do jump we t- uh, want to do offensive line as a whole or do you want to break it up interior tackles? Let's. I say we just do it as a whole, because um, I feel like there might be some shifting of Riley Reef possibly. Yeah. So um, obviously the guys coming back: Brian O'Neill, Garrett Bradbury, and Riley Reef. We cut Josh Klein. Bit of a surprise. And then we. I think that's the only loss to the line, right? Is Josh Klein? Yeah, we brought back Dakota Dozier, right? Yep, I believe he is back. Uh, actually, I don't know. I Joe. Don't know. Brett Jones, I know we brought back, I believe. Yep. I don't think Dozier is back yet, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. He might be, but, yeah, you know, not 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 much of a change. We're going to bring back four, potentially four starting linemen, depending on what they do with Elfline or Reef, you know, one or the other. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with, for sure, three. You're bringing back three starting offensive linemen. And then it you drafted Ezra Cleveland. Second um, round. Second round. Uh, you and I both. I believe both had first-round grades on him. Yeah, we both loved him. I mean, yep, it, I so, mean, it was a Vikings board, so it was heavy on linemen, but we certainly thought he was a great fit. I mean, if we would have taken him in the first round, I would have had zero problem with it. Yep, no problem at all. We got him in the second. So you got him. Uh, and then kind of sounds like we really like Drew Samia. Yeah, um, he seems would, like the young guy from last year that like is the one that the coaches all talk up and like has a chance to unseat Elfline or... I guess if Cleveland decides, like we decide he's not ready, that he slides in as the other guard and Reef stays out at left tackle. Yeah, I uh, I kind of want to go back and watch that Bears game week 17 because I think he played the whole game. All, yeah, every snap. So just just rewatch uh, that and literally just focus in on right guard, mm-hmm. um, see how he plays. Because I think the Bears... I don't think they played most of the starters, but you know he's it's still live game action. Yeah, um, yeah. And so. Oli Udo played in that game. So if you're looking at our offensive line, I think ideally what we're hoping happens is Cleveland left tackle, Reef left guard, Bradbury center, Drew Samia right guard, O'Neal right tackle. Yeah. Would you say that? And really, just the offensive line as a whole, is it? Did we? Is it better 
or worse. I mean, really, the only addition is Ezra Cleveland, right? Yeah, I yeah, in that little formation. Uh, but I, I I do think that line's better because Elfline is terrible. I think, you know, I mean, I don't think Reef will be as bad as Remmers. No, he's a better player, just in general. Like, he's a better player. So, like, I I think he can make that move better than Remmers, who fell apart making that move. And like you said with Elfline, like, in the starting five, like, if if he is better than Simia, okay, it's the same players last year then. Yeah. So that group is still, your only change then is Ezra for Josh Klein. Yeah. Basically, different spots, but that's the change. So, like, I don't know. I don't know if we're better or if it's more lateral. Obviously, spending a second-round pick was, like, a big move. I think the hype is better, is obviously better, but, like, I mean, we were, what, middle of the road last year? Yeah. Like... I don't think we were... We were certainly not as bad as two years ago. Our offensive line two years ago was garbage. We got a little better. Obviously, you hope Bradbury improves. You know, his his a big thing, kind of like Irv. Like you hope a year or two improvement. Somebody showed, um, like Jason Kelsey's, like pro football focus grades from his first three years, and there was another like slender center that Bradbury was always being compared to, but both of those guys had like relatively the same grades, run blocking and pass blocking grades as Bradbury did his first year, like. I think Jason Kelsey's was like 43 overall his rookie year. And then his next year, he went up to like 60. And then the year after that, he had like an 81 or something. He's like, like elite that. at that point. Yeah, yeah. And like both, it happened to like both of the guys that Bradbury was uh, being compared to in the pre draft process. So I think he takes a step. I don't think he becomes like an elite center right off the bat, but he's not going to be quote unquote average or well, below and, average and i think he showed enough that i believe he will become good like he doesn't look like a total he didn't look completely like a disaster where it's like okay he might actually just be a straight yeah. bus so yeah i mean like he had tough games against you know like nose tackles what but that's expected yeah um, he's not gonna be perfect out there you know you hope yeah. he can maybe add a little more strength and not get pushed back as much but I think I think he's got a chance to improve. I would say overall the offensive line. I mean, you did also add Blake Brandle late. You added Kyle Hinton late, and you brought back Rashad Hill. I think it's. I think there's like more. I, I just would rather have Cleveland than Klein because of like obviously the youth and the left tackle ability. But and the upside. Yeah, the upside. But yeah, I, I I have no problem saying we got better at offensive line. Yeah, I just. Yeah, I would say was, better. I mean, you spent a second-round pick on a guy, and they must, there must have been something about Klein they didn't like. Also, guy could still come back. He's just sitting out there still. Yeah, and that's the thing. You can always bring back a veteran guard. Veteran offensive linemen always get cut. Remember, we cut Alex Boone the year after signing him. Yeah. And, you, I mean, if Cleveland hits, it's, you, you have – there's a possibility that we have four of our future, and they're all – I mean, if, if Samia and Cleveland are both hit like we think they should – Bradbury O'Neill, that's four out of five. So go find a guard and you're done. Which is, I mean, which is sweet because, I mean, the last two years I keep saying, you know, draft lineman, draft lineman, draft lineman, let's get an elite offense line. If you get Samia, who's a fourth round pick, Cleveland second, who hits Bradbury first, Brian O'Neill second, like you did just what I wanted to do and now all of a sudden you've got that foundation 
and you don't have to worry about it for the next how many years. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a young group, and it, I think it's if you stick with this scheme, I mean, you've got them all. They all fit the scheme really well. They're all fast, agile, so... I think I, we I, would stick with the scheme because Zimmer, like, he likes to run the football, he likes play action, and boom. And why, why wouldn't you? Like, I, even if, like, Kubiak is just up and retired, like, why wouldn't you just... You have all these pieces that are built for this. Just continue to roll with this. Like, yeah. I think that's what he would. I think that's what our front office would do. Is like, well, the pieces are in place for a zone offense. Like, let's yeah. just roll with it. And I don't see any reason why. Like, what would cause us to suddenly shift? I mean, obviously, we just had a horrible season, and we fired Zimmer. Everyone. Yeah, yeah everyone's gone. So, um, but yeah, I think we'd probably stick with that scheme. Uh, so, offense overall, better, worse? It's very, it's very similar to last year. Like, it, the big change is obviously Diggs. But you added a couple pieces there to hopefully make up for that, and then you added Ezra Cleveland. So, I want to say we got better on offense because the continuity is there for the most part um, in the second year of this West Coast zone offense. So you know, Last year was our first year. Yep. We don't really know. It was our third offense and th- fourth offense in four years. For, mm-hmm. Or is it five and four? Or four mm-hmm. and five? It doesn't matter. But... Finally, you have some continuity. Um, I I think we got better. I so like I would say like roster wise, it's probably just the same ish. Like you lost some here, you gained some here. If anything, I might even say like regress slightly because Diggs is such a playmaker. But if you take into account, like you said, the the scheme, the year two of the you know of this Kubiak West Coast system, the wide zone. Kirk Cousins getting two years in a row of the same system, you know, I do feel like it could easily be more productive. Irv Smith's second year, Garrett Bradbury's second year. Like, those players were not very impactful last year. Brian O'Neill, third year. Like, I think we're young. If Cook can say I'll be feeling so, like, I guess I'm thinking, like, player-wise, maybe a little less talented, but everything else is trending in the right direction. And you have you have the people that can easily replace them if you yeah. hit, if you pick the right guys. There's no gaping holes, really. You know, no, maybe one a, of the guard spots. Yep, but I think, like, I mean, just thinking about the upside of the offense, I think the upside is higher this year than it was last year. Yeah, I think I would agree with that, which is like, yeah, I would. it's hard. It, it's weird saying that because you, you lost Stephon Diggs. But, I know, it could just be recency bias, but, like, I just, I don't know, I feel really good about the offense this year, adding Cleveland, um, so... Yeah, Jefferson and I just a, I feel like Irv Smith could be a big piece too. Like he was a second tight round tight end. He's he's an impactful in this type of offense. He's on the field all the time. Like he could be someone that helps make up for that production. Yeah, and he was twenty, and rookie tight ends hardly ever make an impact. Exactly. So, what do you think about going Stefanski to Kubiak? I feel like that's probably if if it's anything, it's lateral. But it might even be an improvement just because of experience like I feel like Kubiak has been through far more as a play caller he's seen just more in general I mean he's been in a Super Bowl he's won a Super Bowl he's so I'm not concerned with that I basically replaced a up-and-coming corner or coordinator with someone that's already did it yeah I think uh the uh the only thing where like you downgraded is maybe the uh uh what's God, what's the word I want to use? I Are you thinking like the new school? Like that's kind of what I was thinking. Just like you lose that sort of like 
creativity maybe of a younger yeah, I coach? Think, I, I think that's probably the way I would word it. Yeah, like the creativity. Because, um, you know, Kubiak's done this for, what, 30 years probably? Yeah, he might be a little stuck in his ways, which maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's... I mean, and I wouldn't even, like, say stuck in his ways like it's a bad thing. Yeah. He just, you know, he's he's got his, you know, 600 plays that he's created over the years that actually work in the NFL. And now he's probably got it down to 300. And he's like, all right, if I see something on film that somebody else ran, yeah, I'm going to try and take it. But for the most part, he's not out... I would think he's probably not out looking for those things. Yeah. The one thing I will say is like Zimmer seems very open to making changes. So I would hope that he like put also says, Hey Kubiak, like you keep, keep looking for ways to get better, ways to change things, ways to do. Cause like Zimmer does it all the time. It seems like he'll be like, all right, I'm doing double a gap. Okay. Now we're going to change to, you know, mold into something else. I'm adding this new blitz. Like he's maybe, Maybe that's why Kubiak is so successful because he actually, I mean, you may not like see it all the time. Maybe it's just like a slight change yeah. and that makes all the world a difference. And he probably does. I mean, that's why he's been around for 30 years. For he, all, probably, he probably does make changes. Yeah. And just, you know, for all, I, have, I feel like we might just be assuming young guy, probably more yeah. creative, up and coming. He's got new ideas. Kubiak, yeah. old guy, eh, probably stuck in his ways. But yeah. that could I, be totally I, wrong. I, I, I'm sure Stefanski has probably taken, you know, some some stuff from like an air raid offense and just probably just different stuff where he's like pieced it all together and like you know made like the new West Coast offense yeah. where Kubiak's you know he did that thirty years ago and now he's just maybe not taking as much and just continuing to tweak and go so yeah, yeah I would say overall I feel really good about our offense yeah like, I did too. people were worried. I don't know. People were panicking at the beginning of this offseason, like once we started cutting players, and probably more on the defensive side. But once we traded Diggs, too, it's like, oh, full rebuild. We, What are we doing? We're going to trade him, but then extend Cousins. Like, this offense should be really good. You've got a very good quarterback, an elite running back. You have four guys, I would say, that should be able to be good passing game weapons in Thielen, Jefferson, Rudolph, and Irv Smith. Yep. Like, you got to you gotta throw those tight ends in with the group of receivers. I know people look at it like, okay. You have Thielen and Jefferson, but a lot of teams don't have two tight ends like we do. And then the offensive line is young, <laughs> athletic. I don't see any reason why we can't be scoring as many points as last year, if not more. And we made it through the divisional round. So I feel like I feel very confident our offense is. Would you say, like, looking at our division, I would think it's the best offense in the division. Yeah, I think, I mean, well, yeah, it was the best offense in the division last year. It's certainly better than the Bears and the Lions. Yep. Uh, and, and you look at the, the Packers, they didn't add anyone. They just yeah. have Rodgers and Adams. Obviously, they have Adams. And Aaron Jones, but like they don't even have a Justin Jefferson to be that second up-and-coming guy. Or even the tight ends. I mean, what do they have? Sternberger, and that's it? And he would maybe not be good? Yeah, I think so, uh, I, I think we probably have the best offense in the division. Even uh, with trading Diggs, like, and I feel people like don't like it's immediately they just go negative, like oh we're gonna be way worse because we traded Diggs. But it's like I don't know, the team is still pretty damn good on like, offense. Like the second best offense in the division, in my opinion, is Detroit. I would agree with that actually. Like I, just I, like player wise, like they've got so, not a great but a solid offensive line. They've got you know Hawkinson, two good receivers. Uh, two good running backs mm-hmm. and a solid quarterback. So yeah, I, yeah, I would say like the Packers would I love those weapons. You give them yeah, the Hawkinson, pa- Galladay, Marvin Jones instead of just Adams. Yeah, and I, I think, like, like the two running backs more than Jones and AJ Dillon. I mean, yeah, Jones I th- might be the best of the group, but I would take the other two versus the Packers eight. have more star power. 
Yeah. But I think, like, overall group-wise, personnel-wise, I think Detroit's number two. Yeah. They might e- Hell, Detroit actually might even, like, personnel-wise have, I mean, be on par with us. Just I feel like they're no slightly below at everything. Like, would I rather have Thielen or Galladay? Thielen. Would I rather have Jefferson or Marvin Jones? I'd actually probably rather have Jefferson's like upside versus Marvin Jones. I would. I know what he is. I mean, proven yeah. veteran though. And then you go running backs. Like I would definitely take Cook over either of their guys. Yeah. So. See, that's that's what like the running backs is like where like mm-hmm. I was like eh, I'm gonna stop myself before I say they're better than us. Hawkinson's like, sweet though too, but we have two. I mean, they have Jesse James, but like that dude's just like I feel like he's like any other tight end out there in the world. Yeah. So it's not like an improvement. But uh, we should probably jump to the defense now. Yeah, you uh, wanna you wanna roll with it real quick? Well, I because we can't pause, but I have to uh, run yeah. to the bathroom real quick. Got to run to the bathroom. I'll start us off. Right on. Maybe I'll do a my pillow ad. You go to oh, my, mypillow.com, Use promo code grapes. Get yourself some uh, some bed pillows, uh, pillowcases, bed sheets. Get yourself a mattress topper, dog bed, whatever you want. Just use promo code grapes at checkout to get you a little discount on whatever you put in your cart. Uh, so we will jump to the defense. We. We'll start with the defensive ends. Obviously, we lost, well, he's still out there, Everson Griffin. feel it kind of was the heart and soul of the defense. I wouldn't mind bringing him back. We still have cap space, which I'm not really sure what we're doing with. Like, why did we restructure some people's contracts if we're not going to use it? Trent Williams, obviously, we were planning on plugging his uh, bloated big salary in. So maybe that was the reason. And now we just have extra for just to look at. But I wouldn't mind bringing Griffin back. Uh, you look at our defensive ends, so you got Daniel Hunter, Fetty Adenabo, DJ Wanham drafted in, I think it was the fourth round, Kenny Willickie's sixth round, and then just a couple other randoms, Eddie Yarbrough, Stacey Keeley. But as a group at the defensive end, I think you got to say you're, you regressed. You lost a starter, and you didn't replace him with a high-end pick. No one in free agency, you didn't get a first-rounder, you didn't get a second-rounder. I mean... I, Sounds like Patterson likes DJ Wanham. I like Afedi, and he actually probably outplayed Griffin some towards the end of the season. Um, but you lose Griffin. I don't know how you could possibly say you didn't regress at defense end. What do you think, Ryan? Welcome back. Um, I Obviously, yeah, I definitely think we regressed a little by losing Everson Griffin. But adding Wanham in the fourth, and like the upside of Fidi, like he played so well like in a rotational role. I would like to see him in a full-time role, and I know I uh, I follow him on Twitter a little bit. He was, or I followed somebody on Twitter who talked to uh, Odenabo. It might have been Courtney Cronin, but he was talking about in like July he would like to uh, start ramping up his uh, his conditioning so he's ready to play 40, 50, 60 snaps. Um, so it's nice to know that he's kind of like getting in that mindset, getting ready mm-hmm. to uh, be the same player at a. Uh, more higher percentage of snaps. Yeah, I like what I said before you got back is like I actually thought he probably outplayed Griffin some towards the end of the Agreed. season. But obviously Griffin, like when he's on, he's on. He's a hell of a player. Like in the Saints Saints game, he killed it. Um but yeah, like so and also like Griffin, he could come back. I talked about how we like we clearly have a chunk of cap space that I'm not sure what we're doing with because we restructured Kirk and I think we did something with Daniel Hunter's contract. Am I wrong about that? How do I keep thinking that? Maybe I just dreamt that. I think we did. I don't know. I'll Google it. But anyways, we had enough money that we had planned on trying to trade for Trent Williams. Mm-hmm. So there's money there. Oh, yeah. It looks like we converted $8 million of Daniel Hunter's base salary into a signing bonus, which created $6 million of space. And it's like, 
what was that for? Probably was, for Trent Williams. I think like so. the potential of that. So you do have the money now to just be like, shit, we're sitting here and it's it's gonna be June soon. Like, do you add someone like maybe a Josh Klein or do you bring back Everson Griffin? I would love to bring Griffin back. What if you brought Griffin back and switched the roles? Made him more of the like, situational guy, situ- so he yeah. stays fresh. I mean, because you know, at the beginning of the year, when he's fresh and he's healthy, he is a beast, mm-hmm. and then he trails off. So, I feel like that's been a pattern in his career. Like, I feel like towards the end of the season, he kind of remember the the one season was that twenty seventeen where he had a sack in every game for like eight weeks. Then and he then, had to tie his shoes in London. Yeah, plantar fasciitis. So he had he had a reason why it tailed off. But like, yeah, I mean, it would be interesting. And maybe not even just situational, but like rotate him more. Put him yeah. inside more. Let him play some three-tech. Like, he killed it versus the Saints. Like, we don't even have a three-tech, so. And maybe that's what he's, like, better suited for, like, at this point in his career because he's less explosive but still strong as hell. Oh, yeah. He's... Just go just go push back the center, you know. Mm-hmm. Throw, throw him in the quarterback's lap and let's have a dance. Yeah. So let's uh, let's combine defensive tackle and defensive end. We'll jump to tackle. Lost Linval Joseph, but we added Michael Pierce which I think is yep. a clear upgrade. Younger version of Joseph. Let's do it. Uh, Shamar Stephan's still here. Armin Watts, Jalen Holmes, Jaleel Johnson, Hercules. And then we also added James Lynch. I think that was a fifth-round pick. Yep. Uh, so defensive tackle, I would I, say improved. I don't know how you can't say it improved, which is weird because I feel like we still kind of have a gaping hole at three tackle. Three tackle, three tack. But we had that last year. Yep. And, like, Michael Pierce, four years younger than Lindvall. Probably just as strong. I watched him bench like, I don't know, it was like 465 or something stupid like that. It was like, oh, okay. Um, so also, man, he reminds me of uh, the Linval signing, you know, when yep. we did it five, six years ago. Super you know, underrated signing. Like, he was like someone that people t- was like, oh, yeah, this guy's Giant, good, Giant, but he's not Giants fans, Giants fans loved him because yep. he was really good his last year. Just mm-hmm. like Ravens fans love him right now. Because like the last two or three years, he's been awesome. That's always the thing. You look at the fans of the like of the team. It's like when they get signed, it's like they're like, "Dang, Michael Pierce is gonna be good for the Vikings." You know, they're not going like when we lost Ray Edwards. Like, good job, idiots. You just paid some dude that doesn't even try half the time. Um, nope. So yeah, I think it's very similar to that. Under the radar signing, nose tackle, bring him in. He's gonna be like Limbaugh was four years ago. You know. Yep. And then um, you have the same group basically besides him. Yeah, Plus coming James in at Lynch. three tick. Yeah, and like seeing like in Armin Watts, James Lynch, Stefan, Jalen Holmes, like seeing a little battle there, that's that's intriguing. Uh throw Hercules in there. Hopefully he takes the next step. I think this is probably his last chance. Yeah. So a lot of hype. A lot of hype. <laughs> yeah. Um but like Honestly, Hercules last chance for a few of them. Mata Afa and Jalen Holmes. Like, I feel like if those two don't do something, obviously Armin Watts, I feel like he's already shown more than both of them in like limited playing time. And yeah. then Jaleel seems to kind of like, I feel like Jaleel has a bit of a, like a role. He's just probably never going to be a starter. Like, he's just a good depth guy. Like, yeah, I think he's going to be a solid, like, you know, ro- they're going to rotate him between three tech and nose. Yeah. If they think that if they think they're going to run the ball, it's going to be Pierce and Jaleel Johnson on the field. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and maybe Stefan J- a little bit too. Yeah. And Jaleel Johnson might even be like, uh, like a nickel. Uh, no, actually, no, I'm going to take that back. Cause I watched some, uh, Michael Pierce pass rushing videos. 
I don't want him off the field on uh, passing downs. He's almost too talented. Yeah, he's just too talented. Like completely take him off the field. I mean, you take. They're probably gonna have to double team over. He's gonna shove the guy straight back into the quarterback's lap. He destroyed David DeCastro of uh, the Steelers multiple times, and DeCastro is arguably like the top, like a top guard, if if not like top five. So like. I mean, dude stole his lunch money. Like he bowled him over in like three punches. So, I mean, I it again. It's gonna be like uh, the Lynn Voltros saying. He's gonna come here, immediate impact. We got yeah. better there. So, if you take the D line as a whole, I I would say it's probably I don't know because like I think Lynn Joseph was kind of on his last legs. Griffin still was a good player. It's like I don't know if I can say we're clearly better, but we're younger and it kind of more excited for that. Yeah. It's kind of just like with the offense as a whole, where like you might not talent wise be better, but the upside yeah, is higher the upside than is there. it was like, last year. I could see a Fetty making a jump. I could see Michael Pierce coming in and being so much better than Limbaugh was. Uh, even guys like an Armin Watts could step up with some playing time. Like it's, I think oh. we're going to see this a lot on the defense. Like, I guess mostly with the cornerbacks because the other two spots are kind of are they what they are, but like almost just like it's like a return on the page. Like those guys ran their course; they were great for some years, but they started they started falling off. And now yeah, let's, we, let's get these young guys some playing time. Like we've got some good, talented players that just they just never really were able to play because there were some good players in front of them. Yeah, and that last group, like you know, we we reached they reached their peak in 2017. We got yep. to the title game. It was the best that defense had played in how many years? It was the best they had ever played. Mm-hmm. And the year after, they were good. And I mean, even still, like, very good. They yeah. just weren't elite like they were in 17. And last year, they were not good. I mean, I guess they were, according to Pro Football Focus. But, like, we were There were some very, major holes, though. Yeah. Like, like, Zimmer still held it together, I feel like. And we still have, like, obviously, you still have Daniil Hunter. And Eric Hendricks had a great season. And Trey Waynes is always solid. You have great yep. safeties. But, I mean, Rhodes, the wheels fell off. Linval yep. wasn't the same guy he was. Uh, Everson Griffin, even even him, like, I feel like he's not... I still think he's very good, but he just wasn't elite like he was in 2017. So, you just had, like, some problems on defense that needed to be... Like, these guys are... They're towards the end. Like you said, they peaked two years ago. Yep, and losing Linval, like, that, like, that's so much bigger than I initially thought because all of a sudden you have nobody in the middle of your defensive line, mm-hmm. you know? Like, all of a sudden, like, yeah, it's Linval Joseph and Shamar Stefan, but Linval Joseph isn't Linval Joseph. He can't, you know, he can't pick up Stefan's slack anymore. Yeah, he's not, he's not, yeah, he's just a solid nose tackle now. He's not an elite nose tackle like he was. And, yeah. like, we got ran over by the 49ers. Like, they ran through us, so some changes need to be made. And when your number one corner is basically garbage now, you got to do something, you know? And we're, we'll get to corners, but, like, we're not going to pay Trey Waynes that money. It is what it is. So, D-line, I would say, again, very similar to, like, receiver. I would say, on paper, it looks like it maybe got slightly worse. You lost Linval, you lost Griffin, you added Pierce. But... I like the guys that are getting playing time. I like a Fetty. Yep. I'd like to see what James Lynch can do. Armin Watts, I think, showed plenty that, like, I want to see these guys on the field more. So, again, the plan and the moves they made, I like them. You know, for what the cards that were dealt, I, I would have done probably the same. Now, I would like to bring Everson Griffin back if they could find a way to do that. Yeah. But yep. I get yep. why you wouldn't either. I could see them being like, you know what? I think a Fetty can, could 
fill that role just fine. Like maybe we move on from Griffin, you know. So yep, and, and maybe they do like want him enough where uh, they they see him that he can make in at least a slight impact being a rotational guy for a feedy. And um, it's not like you can't hopefully once people get to practice, you know, whenever this thing ends, this this you know COVID, but. If they see, like, all right, Wanham doesn't have it year one, maybe it's down the road some, then you can go sign Everson Griffin, who's probably just hanging out. Or they see him and they go, oh, yeah, we definitely got a guy. He's going to play some snaps. We need to keep him on the, like, keep him having some snaps. Because if you sign Griffin, Wanham probably ain't playing almost at all. Yeah. Because now you've moved a Fetty back or you move, you know, like they're mixing it up there. So, plus, a lot of people, like, podcasts I listen to, they're like, dude, Kenny Willicky's going to beat out Wanham. You know, because everyone loved the Michigan State guy, and yep. not a lot of people were big on DJ Wanham like uh, clearly our D line coach was. Oh wait, co offensive or defensive coordinator, I should say. Yep. No, that's and that's like funny because a lot of the podcasts I listen to too, they they get to the Vikings and they love it, and then they get to Wanham, and they're like, I just don't get this one right here. It's like, well, mm-hmm. he, he must he must just have like those physical tools where Patterson and Zimmer are like, yep, we can do something with that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because some people are kind of like, yeah, they got a little cocky with their ability to find a D end, you know. Oh, so yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens with that one. Uh, why don't you start off with linebackers, and I'm gonna I'm gonna step away for a moment here. Right uh, at linebacker, uh, you know, we bring back Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr. Uh, we drafted Troy Die in the fourth round, who's a pretty good player. Uh, he started four. I think it was. Four years, if not just three years at Oregon. Um, Duke can cover. He, uh, he can lay the lay the stick down. Um, then what else did we do? Oh, we re-signed Eric Wilson, or we tendered him, gave him a little tender, and we brought him back. Uh, so I think we'll probably see a little... Uh, um, What's the word? A little competition there for the third linebacker spot between Gideon, Wilson, and Die. But I think Die has the ability to beat out Gideon and Wilson for that third linebacker spot. Um, what do you think? Die, Wilson, or Gideon? I think they'll probably do the thing where they like Gideon on base. But I like Troy Die. Like, the more I watch him, the more he seems just different than our normal stupid mid-round linebacker, a special teamer. Also, though, I think the dude's gonna be a monster on special teams to start. Like yeah. he's just super athletic. So fast, he can hit. He's slender. Yeah. Um, did yeah. uh did did he start? I I can't remember. Do you know if he started all three years or if he was a four-year starter at Oregon? Or, Oregon. Uh, let me look him up. I will. Look I him think up. I know for sure it was three, but I think he was a senior and made it all the way and was a four-year starter because I think he led their. I I think he led their team in tackles in four straight years. So he, he was a four-year starter. Yeah, he played uh, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, and he had his first season. He had 91 total tackles, so that could easily have led. Yeah. Wow! As a freshman, he had 12 tackles for a loss and five and a half sacks. Woo! God, I mean, I just like I. I didn't read I, up a much on linebackers because I never do because we always have Barr and Kendricks like locking it down. But the more I look at this guy, like why was he not taken sooner? Like he just seems like he has everything you'd want. Like I, it's very weird I, to me. I thought Troy Dye was gonna go in the second. You know, yeah. And like he's dropping down the board and everything, and you know he got to the fourth, and we it's like, you know, I see Troy Dye still there, but you know I don't, you know I don't really need a third linebacker for the most part, so I'm not like pounding the table for Dye. 
but we ended up with Troy Dye, and it's like, dude, that's that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, I think he, I, you know, you like you said, you think we like uh, Gideon and Bass? I think we like Gideon and Bass until we see Dye on the field. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. All right, why? This guy can do so much more. <laughs> also, people throw the ball at a base. Like, yeah. people throw the ball when you're in your base defense. So, like, Gideon sucks at covering, so maybe we should get someone that can do both. Yeah, you've got Barr, Kendricks, and Die. All three can cover tight ends, fullbacks, running backs. Yeah. And honestly, like, Eric Wilson's a pretty solid third linebacker, too. Yeah. Like, we gave him the tender that was, like, three-some million. Like, they, I actually was surprised by that. I feel like Die is what we want Eric Wilson to be. Yeah, I feel like Wilson's sort of like that... Um, that quadruple A player, like he's a little too good to be like a full time backup, but he's not good enough to be a full time starter. Where yeah, I think I, Troy Die, you're hoping he could become a full time impactful player. I think Troy Die has like all the tools to be what we wanted Anthony Barr to be. Not what Anthony Barr is. What do you mean? Like, I mean Barr is good. Yeah. But like, you know, there's there were always like plays to be had by Barr. You know. Well, and it's like. Barr's not like Barr's a very good linebacker, but he's not. No one's going like who's the best linebackers in the league. They're not going well. Levante David, Bobby Wagner, Luke Keekley, and Anthony Barr. He's never making that list. Yeah, you know. I mean, I think I named all middle linebackers, but I mean, Kendricks has passed him as the better linebacker now. Even yeah. Um, so, I as a group linebackers though. I mean, same group plus die. Let's go. Better. Yeah. Absolutely two th- better. Two, two thumbs. Two thumbs in a bush up. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. I mean. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's a sweet group. I'm interested to see with Michael Pierce, like, eating up blocks maybe a little better than Linval, how much more Bar Kendricks get to make some splash plays. Yeah, uh, definitely. Will, will Bar ever rush the passer? I don't know. Probably not. I don't think he's Probably that good not. at it. Like, I, whenever they put him on the edge, I don't feel like he does that good. Like, everyone's always like, oh, they got to use him as an edge rusher. It's like... Seems like he gets blocked. I don't. Yep. You know what? You know where I like bar double A gap. Yeah. Uncovered. Yep. <laughs> yep. Buzzing out like underneath a tight end or like covering the flat. Like yeah, he. I mean he's good at what he does. So um, should we yep. jump to corner here? No, I think we should uh, roll with safeties. Yeah. First let's save corner. Corners. That one's kind of crazy. Uh, so safety. Obviously, you have your two elite starters coming back. They franchise Harris. Flirted with trading him, maybe. And now it seems like there's, you know, it's mostly talking about an extension. Yep. Um, I, I'm obviously more than fine with a franchise tag. Would I like to get them extended? Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, if it doesn't happen this year, then so be it. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, he's one of those people, like, I don't have a strong opinion on. Like, he's a fantastic player. I'd love to keep love him. Love him. Yep. But if he left, got a big contract, and we got a third-round comp, and then we just drafted a different safety... I would have no problem with that either. Like, yeah. if we would have let him walk this year, I wouldn't have been the end of the world for me. Like, I would have taken the third-round comp or fourth or whatever he would have hit. I think he would have been a very well-paid player. Yep. And then you just draft, you know, instead of you taking DJ Wanab, you draft some safety and you try to roll him out there. But with how young this, besides Harrison Smith, it's pretty young. So it's kind of nice to have at least two guys back there that know what they're doing to make up. Yeah, and they know the defense and they can help up help out the, uh, the rookies that we brought in. And, well, I guess just... Literally all the young guys, uh, literally everyone else on the def- in the backfield. So. Yeah, I mean, it's basically everyone's two years or younger. I mean, Mike Hughes is the elder at corner, so yeah. Harris, Hughes Smith, and Holton Hill are the oh, elders. Holton Hill, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, also Harris, like like we were talking about with Cook, like we have 
plenty of cap space that you could give him, I don't know, what, 10 to 15 million somewhere in there? What are you giving him a year? 13, 14? I don't know what safeties are getting these days. Uh, but top flight safeties are given like 12, 13, 14. I, I'm fine giving him 10 to 12. Like yeah, give, and, him, give him a four-year, $48 million contract. I'm fine with it. Yeah, because again, okay, so Cook takes up 10. Uh, he takes up another 10. Say it's 12 each. That's 24 million. You still have a big chunk of money that I don't yep. even know if we're going to use. What are you going to sign? A guard. Unless, obviously, if like, you know, Ezra Cleveland boss, then you need a tackle. If, you know... Maybe a defensive end or something. But I think you got the money to do it now that we've basically purged half our defense. Yep. Uh, backup safeties, we lost uh, J. Ron Curse, and we lost Anderson Deho, who we had already lost last year, got a comp pick for, and brought him back, which was pretty slick. But both <sighs> gone. Replaced with Josh Metellus is uh, Michigan, Michigan, right? Yep. Uh, and then Brian Cole. Yep. Uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. Teammates yep. with Dantzler. Uh, yep. And maybe Harrison Hand. He's going to... Be brought up in both this section and the next section. Yeah, he's kind of a uh, tweener, kind of yeah. like Marcus Epps last year, who we I think we lost when we tried to slide him over to practice squad. I think the Eagles. Yeah, we lost. Yeah, we basically traded Epps for Sandejo. Right. So, I mean, again, this is very similar to like a lot of positions. You lost the veterans that you knew were pretty good, not pretty good, but like good backups. J. Ron and Sandejo, very solid depth. Yep. You brought in two rookies. Let's. I will say that on paper, it's a downgrade. I like what they did, though. They didn't spend high picks to replace Kirsten Sadejo. They just grabbed a couple mid to late round guys. They're yeah. backups. So hopefully, they're better on special teams. I mean, Kirsten was a special teams monster. Sadejo, I don't know. He probably wasn't that great at it. But um, So, I, uh, I would say it's worse on paper, but you, who cares? You have Harrison, Harrison Smith. So, yep, let it roll. We'll be okay. Um, yep, I, like you said, we're, we're worse there, but, like, you know, it's only because the backups have zero experience. Yep. Uh, so shall we jump to corner? The big shakeup with the squad. Well, we'll just touch on special teams real quick. Nothing's changed. We're good there. All right, yeah, we can go to corners. <laughs> you don't want to spend more time on Britton Colquitt? The dude rules. I love the man, but, like, you know, nothing changed. We're good there. <laughs> Remember when we burned a pick on Austin Cutting, though? People were pretty upset about that. And then we used a pick to try to get a kicker, and then somehow it's like, oh, wait, we took 15 players this year? Like, it's okay. We'll be okay. Yeah, can you imagine like what we would have had to do if we had sixteen picks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So. And honestly, like trading for Vedvik was the greatest thing we ever did. It clearly—I don't know if it was cutting being better than Loeffler or whoever our dude was, but like you know, Dan Bailey started kicking better. Dude, honestly, I think that was all our idiot holder. Who was our punter that couldn't hold? So they had like BB Lock. doing it. Locke. Uh, who was after Locke? Um, Who's the loser punter that we had? And clearly we got... It was the guy that came from the Quigley. Steelers. No, Quigley was good uh, too, wasn't Yeah, he? as soon as we plugged it... Huh? He was a good punter. He couldn't hold, apparently. Quigley, what? Yeah. What would uh, that be? 2018 roster? Yeah. Wasn't it Ryan Quigley? Quigley. Yeah, I think so, right? Quigley. Yeah. 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 Dude, yeah. sucks. I mean, Dude, good punter. Couldn't, couldn't hold the ball for shit. Yeah, anyways. Uh, but yeah, anyways, yeah. As soon as we brought in uh, Colquitt, I feel like our special teams got like much better. And that's a nice threesome. Keep them together. Anyways, let's go to cornerback. Obviously, you lost Xavier Rhodes. You lost Trey Waynes. You lost Mac Alexander. All top three, gone. Yep, you, uh, you lost your 
half of your starting defensive backfield. Yeah. Um, and you, I I mean, you didn't give Mac three million, four million dollars. That's you probably insane? the one, the one thing where I look at all the moves we made, and I just go, that's the one I would kind of be like, I would have went the other way with that. Yeah, would he have taken it though? That's the thing. Like maybe he had no interest in coming back here, but like I, I doubt he wanted to play here. Yeah, it's Honestly, weird though. What if you offered opinion? him five million though? He's gonna turn down two extra million dollars to not well, play her for one year. I, I was gonna say, well, yeah. I mean, who would who wouldn't want to live in Cincinnati? And then I realized it was Cincinnati, and oh boy, I'd rather live in Minneapolis for two more years or two more million. <laughs> well, also interestingly, how little he got paid. Like I thought he would get um, but not elite Nick. Uh, Nickelback money, like but Taven like Young money. Yeah, you know, like, like three for twenty-four. I don't know. I thought he was getting like three for eighteen. Do we over? Getting, maybe we overrate Mac Alexander. I don't know. Like, I mean, we are Vikings fans, so maybe we do. And he, I mean, he had some injury problems, so he actually I got feel four like million. Mac, the, I feel like the only thing I really liked Mac was he was just so good at blitzing. Yeah. Well, and Zimmer, Zimmer didn't really think it was all him. Zimmer's like, I schemed those. Like, you didn't do nothing. Yeah. You're unblocked. He got four million. Uh, not three million. So, um, yeah, obviously Trey Wayne's like would I've liked him back? Yeah, but not for that much money. And also, we basically traded him for a third round pick. Yep, which is fantastic. Uh, and then Rhodes needed to be gone. He's not good at football anymore. Wait, we traded Wayne's for a third round pick, but we picked him in the first. That's not fair value. Why? Why? <laughs> got, why do you say that's a got good five pick? years out of him? <laughs> five of his best years, they can have him for the last five. That's true. We got his five best years and a third round pick. Good yeah. point. So we lose those three, and we add Gladney, Dantzler, Harrison Hand, Tin. You have Holton Hill and Mike Hughes. So and Chris Boyd and Chris Boyd. Um, you know, it's 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 interesting to me. Like Holton Hill, I would say was our fourth corner last year. Fifth corner, I guess, right? Fifth corner. Yep. So now he's our fourth. So you kind of lost one depth piece, but like Chris Boyd probably slots in as fifth. I don't know. Again, it's younger. It's more exciting, but it's, there's no experience. How do you yep. say if we're better or worse? Uh, you well, well, you I, you can't say we're better. Yeah, you can't say we're better, but it's very possible we're better. You know yeah, what I mean? You I, can't I mean, say like, it in pen, but like, I would not be shocked at all if Gladney comes in. He's a dog out there. He's physical. He's you know Hughes is better than he was, and Dantzler, you know, if he didn't have the shitty forty, the guys, you know. A, first round talent he could easily get out there and do better than Xavier Rhodes I the thing I really like about Jeff Gladney is he uh out of all the cornerbacks drafted in like the first two rounds I think it was it might have even I think it was the first two rounds he was the uh most targeted cornerback so like that's uh that's like that's game experience you know like that's that's I'm being thrown at I know what to do when the ball's in the air He's scrappy as hell. He's a junkyard dog. Um, what? Like, I think he's perfect for that Mike Zimmer number one role. And I, he, I feel like he's ready because, like you said, he's most targeted. He played five years. Well, I don't know if he played his first year. He redshirted. But he's went all the way through his senior year. He's 23, so he's a little bit older. Like, Dantzler's only 21. But, like, you almost kind of needed that. You almost needed someone that's, like, pro-ready. Yeah, if you weren't going to get Jeffrey Okuda, you're probably you probably were better off taking Gladney over CJ Henderson, honestly. And I was super high on CJ Henderson. 
Yeah, I mean, I I liked Gladney as the number two corner, and I just don't see why there's any reason he can't come in and be a starter right away. And, like, as much as I liked Trey Waynes, he never was really a playmaker. Like, he was very solid. So I'd like to see, like, maybe these guys can be more playmaker-y. Like, none yeah, of our... Our guys were, uh, were, were like, knockdowns and pass breakups where we'd like to see a little more, like... Force some turnovers out of our corners. I, if, yeah, I like think I don't. That's we, what you're going, yeah. we always talked about how like maybe it's the scheme. Like maybe our scheme like tells them like no, like just let them catch it and make a play. But like I don't know, maybe Rhodes and Waynes just weren't those type of guys. Like they weren't taking risks. So like it'd be interesting maybe to they, see. And with like a little more edge too. Like I felt like both those guys were kind of soft. Yeah, like they uh they. they Maybe they weren't like quote unquote like ball hawks. Maybe they didn't know what to do when the ball was in the air, and that's why they could only get their hand in there and break mm-hmm. it up. Maybe these and like you know a lot of the, like the new style defenses, it's like take risks, make plays, and maybe that's kind of what these guys are the mentality that they're gonna bring. Yeah, you know because Dantzler was so good against and like he's battled this too. He played against SEC opponents for three years. Like, arguably the best conference in college football. Um, well, the best. People argue that it isn't. But everyone knows the SEC yeah. is where you go to fucking play football. Yeah. Um, so, like, getting Gladney, who is the most targeted, and Cam Dantzler, who I believe, you know, Dantzler had a slow 40, but he goes stride for stride against Jamar Chase. He's, against he, LSU. he had to have gotten hurt or just had bad form or something. He's I bet not he doesn't slow. know how to take he probably doesn't know how to take out of a track stance. Yeah, know? like he clearly just botched that and then didn't get and thought he'd have a chance to make up for it and then never had a pro day. So yeah. um would you okay, would you rather have Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes or Jeff Gladney and Cameron Dantzler? Pretend it's for just one year, next year. Yeah, you obviously rat. don't know exactly yep. what you have in one hand, but you do know what you have in the other ones, which is Rhodes is not good, and Wayne's is pretty good, but not so, spectacular. So am I getting so if it, I'm going into this year with last year's version of Wayne's and Rhodes or unknown yep. versions? It's an of, unknown version, but you've seen them for their whole career, so you have kind of know what you're getting, or you can I'm have Gladney and Dantzler. If I'm not getting Rhodes at 2016, 2017, okay, then I'm no. taking the unknown because, like, if I again, if I'm getting the 2019 version of Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes, and I'm running that back again, I'd rather have the unknown than seeing fucking Rhodes getting eaten alive, limping off, coming back, getting eaten alive, coming back. And getting eaten alive. Yeah, I mean, and, watch, I, and then watch Trey Wayne's make a tackle. Yeah, I, you know, honestly, like I, it's I'd like rather, I'd rather take Dancer and Glenn. Yeah, you're kind of like, okay, do I want a good corner and a bad corner, or do I want two unknowns? Like, I'd rather take the two unknowns yeah. because honestly, I probably at the very least get a good corner and a bad corner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the upside is the same as what you had. And what's funny too is it's like, it's not like it's two unknowns that are completely unknown. Like these are first round. I would say both of them are first round talents. Like. You didn't. You didn't try to replace them with you know some fifth round rookie. Like you brought in high end players to try to replace these two. So, and then if you actually start looking at it more of a, on a non one year like scenario, like obviously you'd rather have these two on four year four years plus Gladney got a fifth year option versus Rhodes who sucks or paying Trey Wayne's you know 
yep. 14 million the, a year. So like it's pretty yeah. easy. Yeah. The, uh, even like just the financials of it makes sense, you know? Yeah. Two and then deals or two guys who are going to get paid over ten million dollars each for one bad performer and one. Average well, what did Rhodes performer. get? He didn't get ten million. He got like five. I know, but last year, I yeah, mean, yeah. If he stayed on. If he stayed on a roster, he'd be getting paid. 10 That's million. true. That's true. Yeah, he'd be getting paid quite a bit. So, so who would you rather have as your Nickelback? Mike Hughes, Mac Alexander, Mike Hughes. Yeah, I'm taking Mike Hughes based on upside alone. Like I know Mac can do it and can do it pretty well, but. I just think there's some like Mike Hughes. He's got he's got those fluid hips. We've talked about it. Let's yep. Let's he's got it. fluid hips. There's a reason we thought he was a first round uh, pick when we could have taken like a Will Hernandez or you know other like quality guys on the board at that time. But we took we took a corner when cornerback was set because we saw something in those fluid hips. Do you think he's? I I almost think he's probably going to be on our Nickelback. Like. He might start yep. sometimes on the outside and rotate some, but like ideally, I almost feel like Dantzler, Gladney outside, Hughes, pure nickel, and I think that's probably where he could play the best. Like he didn't look that great again when he had to spot start against the Cowboys, and like those receivers just out muscled him on slants and everything. It's because he's like he's, I, I think Mike Hughes is very good, but like he's not physical enough to make yeah. up for being five ten. Where Jeff Gladney is physical enough for ma- for being able to make up for five ten. Yeah, that's you know? I, I would completely agree with that. Like, yeah, he just seems like he's willing to get in there more and like get right in their face. Where like Hughes is more about like finesse. So yep, he's good at covering. Again, you know, um, he's he's got fluid hips. He can, he's shifty. You know, he can hang with slot receivers. Where you know he's going up against Dallas against Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. You know, yeah. like those they're are- just running slants and just shielding him off, and he's just yep. not good at getting in there. You know, interesting. Uh, Mike Hughes uh, is a month younger than Jeff Gladney. Okay. Yeah, he's still just twenty three okay. right now. So that's fucking. Gladney's sweet. a little old for a, for a rookie. I mean, he's twenty three. Yeah, but, he, but he's a, a five. I mean, he spent five years at school. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of what you needed. And honestly. he didn't flunk out, so he's got to be smart <laughs> or had a good tutor. Jeff Gladney <laughs> is. Three months older than Holton Hill. Holy! So fuck, the elder sweet. statement in the room is actually Jeff Gladney. That is that. that <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so and, yeah, um, cornerback. And, you know, like SEC. You know, again, good. You know, super good. But the Big Twelve, they throw the fucking football all the time. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, I. I, I don't know. I like both the guys. I, I'm super excited to watch our corners. Like, I just think, like, obviously, this like the more like known route would have been bring back these veterans. It just there's no way you could do it with what they were paid, how bad they played. Mac being a bitch, I don't know, or us just not thinking he's worth anything. Uh, uh, it's the first part. But, <laughs> but this group is so fun. Like, we got Gladney, Dantzler, Hughes, Holton Hill, Chris Boyd. Like, it's super young. Let let's let Zimmer do some shit. I mean, I got a Gladney jersey. You went and got a Dantzler jersey. We're ready to go. Yeah, and it, it, it kind of reminds you of uh, like the year you uh, you drafted Trey Waynes. You had a young Xavier Rhodes, a young Trey Waynes. I forget who our Nickelback was. Dude was probably garbage. Um, but like when you get two young corners, and it's sweet that we got them in the same draft. I mean, mm-hmm. it's even better that you do that. But like, I don't know. It's just something about like when you bring in. Two new prospects at the same position that just gets you super excited for that group. Yeah. Like if we were to bring in Justin Jefferson and Brandon Ayuk, 
or whatever, you know, just yeah. two wide receivers. You know, we, we'd have been super pumped about that group. But, like, we did it with corner, and I honestly prefer that we did it with corner. It's Yeah, and it, it just had to be done. Like, people are – I mean, we talked about, like, oh, let's add a vet somewhere. I don't even know why you would do that at this point. Like, would I be against it? No. But, like, who – who do I want not to play? Like, I obviously want Gladney out there. I want Hughes out there. I want Dance out there. Holton Hill deserves some time. Every time he plays, he plays well. So, I don't know. We're four deep with Chris Boyd, who showed a few flashes. Yeah, and, you know, we've got a good mix of uh, players where, like, you know, if you go against two bigger receivers, you can throw out Gladney and, or uh, Dantzler and Hill. Yep. And if you got, you know, I'm trying to think of a team, maybe like uh, – um, who's got kind of like a couple of shorter, shiftier? Well, uh, mean, the, the Panthers. The yeah, Panthers. Yeah. You know, if you're going against uh, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, um, am I missing one? Do the artists? No, that's. I mean, they have Robbie oh, Anderson too. Rob, but but yeah, we'll he's also like a more of a skinny burner. Like he's not like yeah, some big physical guy. But, he's, but he is like six three. So. Yeah, but he seems but more like, like a Bernard Barry. Going up, yeah, you're just going up against you know Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. You can throw these smaller, shiftier guys on them mm-hmm. and not miss a beat. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like that's kind of what we didn't have last year. Like, Trey Waynes needs to stay on the outside, and he does better against, like, I feel like more just straight-line guys. Like, he doesn't have good hips. And then Rhodes has just lost all talent, so he's supposed to be the guy that's following people like the big receivers, Julio Jones, you know, and he couldn't do it. Yep. So, I, I mean, it's going to be – I'm excited. And honestly, besides the cornerback position, there wasn't a ton of changes on our roster. Like, there was some here and there, a few on the D-line maybe, but, like, so really, if these guys can play better than what we did last year at cornerback, I don't understand why we can't be a playoff team again. There's no doubt in my mind that this roster is built to make the playoffs and win. If 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 they don't get a first-round buy, I don't want to be, like, total home and be like, this roster can be a first-round buy team. I mean, I think it can, but, you know, you don't get a first-round buy. I think we can win. At least one playoff game with this roster. Yeah, I think it's a team that it's a team that can make a run. You know, who knows? Yep. It, 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 it's I, I don't know. Like I, with the people early on in the offseason when we started making these moves, like they were sh- like completely panicking. Like it's rebuild time. It's over. Like and then you did the draft and it was like, oh wait, there's the replacements. Like let's go. Like let's we retooled already. It's done. Yeah, as long as you don't run into a buzzsaw in the playoffs that were like. Uh, the team is clearly better than everyone they play. Yeah, like or like if you, you know, happen to like your whole draft class falls on its face. Yeah, we got a yeah. problem here. Like, yeah, if Gladney sucks, Ezra sucks, if they all suck. Then no, if I, if our entire draft class falls on its face, like, you know, it's definitely in the realm of possibility. You yeah. never know what you're going to get in the draft. Yeah. If this draft class falls on its face, we're fucked for the <laughs> next five years, honestly. Well, like you're... Yeah, you're fucked for a while. I mean, ne- good thing is next year we have another big pile of picks already with the comp picks and the two trades where we got future picks. But it's going to set you back quite a bit. And mostly because the reason, like, no one gives up on players after one year. Like, yeah. no, like if Jefferson falls on his face and Gladney falls on his face, they're not just going to be like, all right, two first-round picks. Like, throw them. Those, those are gone, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, they're going to try to run them back out there. I mean, it took Treadwell five years to get off our team. Um, and we even cut him and brought him back again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I mean, even if like even if three of these F fifteen guys hit, three of them, like you're you're sitting really good. You're on rookie contracts. Like if you get one of Gladian Dantzler to hit, yep. 
I don't care which three it is, as long as one of them is Ezra Cleveland. <laughs> that would that would be very helpful. I mean, you, you know, if they if he hits and you have your left tackle on a rookie deal, and then you have let's say the corners hit and you have two corners on rookie deals, like I don't know, you're saving a lot of money. You know, people always talk yeah. about the rookie contracts for quarterbacks, but not having to but pay Trent tackle, Williams yeah. or get rid of Riley Reef, you know. So uh, overall, I feel like the team is it better. I would say it's on paper, it's. Not better, but it's younger. Yeah, I think it's the whole thing where on paper the team is probably a little worse, but the upside is so much higher that you want to say it's better. Yeah, and like I wouldn't like I don't I won't say it's better, but it's my preferred. Like if I had the two rosters sitting in front of me, of last like years what this year's last year's versus this year's, and knowing what like has become of Xavier what you're Rhodes, get, yeah. yeah, like I'm taking this year's. I'm taking the younger group. I think they yeah. have a chance to go further. Yep, I think I'd rather take the unknown than grabbing what got us to the divisional uh, round. The divisional round yeah. of the playoffs. And knowing that it's only going to get can, worse. Yep, because I think this group can take us to the divisional round. Yeah. If not, you know, maybe even compete a little bit better against the Niners. I, I think, yeah, like, it's like, okay, if this draft class is mediocre, we can be as good as last year. If it's bad, yeah, we're going to be worse. But if it hits slightly, like if you get that, I know everyone talks about that Saints draft class where they had Kamara, Lattimore, Marcus Williams. Was Michael? No, it wasn't Thomas, but no. But they had three or four guys hit, and it like turned their team around right away. Like they had went from you know solid to all of a sudden they're an elite team. Like if this draft class does that, we'll work definitely better than last year. Like if Jefferson hits and Gladney hits. I mean, you don't even need Ezra to hit right away. He can wait a year. Like, you could have Troy Dye hit, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we had a three-impact players. All right, let's go. So uh, why don't we finish this off with, I'm going to run through our off-season checklist and just see what we all hit. Um, I I know this one is probably only going to take two minutes, but uh, I'm going to take a break while you run through that. All right, I'll start with it. You jump in when you're ready. Uh, So the checklist that we had, Ryan put trade Stefan Diggs. I mean, we didn't know that was going to happen. That's just him being a moron. So... Obviously, you, we had add a receiver, but it was more of a depth piece. You lose Diggs, we had, you got to add a starter. Check that, Justin Jefferson. Add the receiver, Tajay Sharp. So check both those boxes. Upgrade the left guard. Now, we didn't sign a guard, and we actually cut a guard. So now we had add a left guard and a right guard. My thought is the only way you're upgrading one of the guard spots is if you, Ezra hits, becomes your left tackle, and Riley Reef slides inside. That could be checked. So that's actually kind of still out in the open. And then the right guard spot, I don't think they're upgrading it. But the hope is that Drew Samia becomes better than what Josh Klein was. So both those are kind of, I mean, they didn't check the right guard, 100%. Left guard, to be determined. Uh, Resign Anthony Harris. They tagged him. I guess we'll call that one checked. Uh, add a starting cornerback in the draft. Uh, you could probably check that twice, I feel like. Well, we talked about adding two if you're going to lose them all. Yeah, well, yeah, we talked about adding two. Yeah, if you're going to lose... If you're going to lose everyone, you got to add two. It was like, yeah, add one and agency. keep one is what we talked about. And then we lost them all. Yeah, and then it was like, well, add one in free agency and draft one. Well, we didn't add one in free agency. We just drafted our replacements, and it's like, hell yeah, let's roll with it. Yeah. So and that we, one's checked. Yeah, I would check that. So, like, when we talk about two, like, the only way you can really call it check, I feel like, is you got to draft them in the first three rounds. Like, I expect us to think Dantzler is going to make an impact this year. So, yep. check that one. Uh, I talked about receiver. We replaced Diggs with Jefferson. And then we also had just add a depth piece, which was before Diggs trade. Tajay yep. Sharp. 
check it. Boom. The guards, left guard, I mean, that's I talked about that like Cleveland. If he plays left tackle, then I would count that, but when you cut Klein, that also opened up a hole. So those ones are yeah, kinda like So that floaty. one's that one's open, but I mean last year we didn't check all the we checked the majority of them though, didn't we? We did not check the three tech. Yeah. And yeah. guess what? I don't think we checked it again. No. Add a three tech. I think this is a better chance at it by James Lynch, but I'm not counting that check. I ain't taking a guy no. in the fifth round and saying, oh, right, problem solved. So that's one that I would say is unchecked, along with right guard, which was created when we cut Josh Klein. But like I said, like when you were gone, like Drew Samia could easily be as good as Josh Klein, but we can't just assume that. Yeah, and like the thing with the checklist, like, yeah, you know, like we just created a blueprint. Obviously, you'd like to check all of those lists, but... Like, we're, we only missed three of them, I guess. You know, left guard, right guard, and three tech. And honestly, I would say, like, left guard could easily be filled if Cleveland hits and you move Reef inside. Like, I think he will be better than Elfline and Josh Klein, so. But for sure, a guard is missed and three tech is missed, and then. But, I mean, six out of nine, I think we had nine things on the list this one, year, two, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten things, so. Seven out of ten? I mean. Well, I'm not done yet, Ryan, so, you know. We don't even know if we got them all done. Oh, I, I thought I thought those were the last ones. So. <laughs> no, uh, we <laughs> cut Linval, so we added. We got to replace Linval. Check, check. Michael we, Pierce. Uh, we added Michael not only, Pierce. Not only replaced him, but upgraded. Got better. Uh, got better. And then for the same for for less than what we were going to pay Linval for. Yeah. Right. Yep. Oh yeah, I believe. Yeah, he was like big money. Was like Ten million. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we had keep the special teams unit intact. Check. Check, check. Nailed that. Triple check. Triple check that. Uh, the last thing that we did not do, so we didn't do one of the guards, assuming that Cleveland hits, and then we did not do the three-tech. We also have not extended Rick Spielman yet. Got to do it after that draft. Yeah, you got to extend Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer. I mean, at least add one more year on them because this is not their lame duck year. Yeah. This is definitely not it. Also, just extend them both. They're both, are they the best? I don't know. But they're very good. Yeah, like we always see, like, do you want to, would you rather have Rick and uh, Mike Zimmer or would you rather end up with, like, the Jets who just keep having a revolving door of shit? Yeah, and also I think Rick is one of the best GMs. Like, he turned our picks into 15 picks and then gained two for next year. And also, like, you see what he did with Diggs. Yeah, it sucks we had to trade him, but at least he got fair value back on, like, fucking Brian O'Bill or what his name is, Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I mean, like, he, he got some of the best return. I feel like he even got better return on Diggs than the Giants did on Beckham. Yeah. And Diggs didn't want to play here, just like Beckham didn't want to play in New York. And he does, I just feel like he does a great job of handling the situations, too. Like, Diggs could have made a, been a huge distraction that whole year, last year. And instead, it was sort of like, it blew up one week, and then it was instantly contained. And we, we played out the whole season, and we made the playoffs, we won a game, and then we moved on later. Like... To us to basically be like, all right, Diggs, like, you want to not show up to practice? Like, we'll have all the leverage. You're in a long-term contract. We're not playing this game. Like, you can sit out and we won't pay you. And basically, Diggs was like, oh, shit, I have no leverage. What am I doing? Like, I guess I'll go play football. Like, yeah. And just- I, wonder, I wonder if he, if, like, to get him to go through the season, it was like, all right, play out this year. And if we don't win a Super Bowl, we will gladly try to find a fair offer for you we're not just going to trade you for peanuts yeah but we will we will seriously consider listening to fair offers for you Mm -hmm. so yeah i think extending rick would be something that'd be nice so yeah the only three things left on check extend rick 
add a three tech and then we got a problem at right guard which we weren't aware of we all thought josh klein was pretty good yeah but apparently you know he either wasn't good or you know those concussions scare us out. that i, don't know, that, I wonder if that's it the injury thing because it does I, seem like because you have again i don't know what we have right now in cap space but after the hunter thing we have money like you could have kept him so it's, yeah and he was only worth like Five million. Yeah, or and I like think that? it only saved us like a couple million to get rid of him because I know like it was we cut him before his sal- his guarantee kicked in, so we saved a little bit of money, but nothing that we used- c- couldn't give it to him now. We have twelve yeah. million in cap space right now. Yeah, I think we basically used the money we saved on Klein to sign Tajay Sharp. Yeah, exactly. So you I know? think I think you're right with maybe it was the concussions and also I don't know if he was like uh, the best scheme fit and maybe they're just like ready like they're like Drew Samia can take this job like he's already a better player what we saw in week 17 maybe they're like yeah maybe what they saw at week 17 was like wait we didn't even see play like this half the year out of Josh Klein so yeah uh so before we go who would be we have 12 million of cap who would be the one player that you would want to go sign because it's actually like we're doing an offseason recap and there's still like oddly like Javadion Clowney Logan Ryan is that his name Mm-hmm. Uh, Griffin's out there. Like, there's still good players out there. Is there one guy that you think would fill a hole and you would want to pick up? Obviously, Clowney, but I don't think that's an option. No, um, With twelve million. I don't know how you would structure that where you could actually fit him. I mean, that would be yeah. fucking sweet. But yeah, I would take him off um, the table. I I would say, like, depending on how you feel about the uh, the offensive line, Michael Persons, who got cut from the Niners, good scheme fit. Yeah. Or Everson Griffin, and I think those are the only two where I feel like at I feel like I want to add a familiar veteran. Yeah, you know, either somebody who's familiar with the scheme or somebody who's been on the team. It's yeah, I think I would probably go with Griffin. Like previous draft, I would be like, oh, like like obviously at Logan Ryan, and if he's out of our price range, how about uh, Decars Dennard or Drake Kirkpatrick or something, but. Now I want to roll with the guys we drafted. Like, we got yep. four good corners. Not good, but, like, four that I think have a potential to be good. So why would I want someone that was off the scrap heap of some other team that's, like, just a solid veteran? So, And the, uh, the linemen, I don't think there's enough good ones out there. Like like you said, Persons is probably the best one. Dude was just cut. Klein, also cut. So give me Griffin. Just have him play less snaps. And, you know, like, I really don't want to take, like, a solid veteran corner because I don't want to take snaps away from the young guys. Yeah, exactly. The best way they can uh, get better is by just throwing it into the fire. Yeah, give them some live bullets. Uh, yeah, I would think, yeah, so I would go Griffin. I was going to say something. I don't remember. Oh, 12 million. I guess what you could do with that is re-sign Cook, re-sign Harris, and front load some of that money so it is easier on us down the road. Yeah. You know? So... Um, you know, I think that's probably it. So overall roster is not as name good on paper, but I'm more excited for it and upside is there. Younger, we're moving on from some older veterans who were kind of towards the twilight anyways. Yep, I, uh, I don't think it was a rebuild, but it was definitely a retooling. And I think we... I think for the first off season of year retooling, I think you fucking nailed it. And they, you're done. Like if you if you had a pretty solid draft, you pretty much retooled this whole thing on the fly in one year by having fifteen freaking draft picks, and all the people that there's still like I feel like there's a lot of people that just thought oh it's we're rebuilding now why are we extending cousins what are we doing this team I think are they the favorites to win the division like who's in Vegas who's the favorite 
to win the I NFC. Th- I think it's the Vikings over the Packers. I just think people hated the Packers offseason so much that Green Bay I is a slight favorite by plus 140. We're 150. So it's, oh, so it's, it's neck like, and It's basically neck. pick your poison. Yeah. So all these Viking fans that thought the sky was falling, how are we ever going to you know replace this? What's Rick doing? This is a disaster. Well, we're right there with the Packers who went to the conference title game. So I don't know. Calm down, people. Yep. Um, the Vikings are, I mean, they're, they're set up to win the division. They're not set up for like a super huge regression. Like everyone thought, um, it, I think it's going to be a fun year. Win or lose, obviously prefer to win, but I think win or lose, it's going to be a fun year. Yeah. I'm excited for this team. It's, It's just interesting to finally have some changeover on defense. It's been Basically, since we drafted like Anthony Barr, Rhodes, all those guys have been here for so long. We got some new blood. So. Yep, I th- it's going to be like the first time. Oh, well, the second time. It's only going to be the second time you get to see Zimmer with a bunch of new faces on. Defense. Yeah, it's just like round two of him like rebuilding his defense. And it's funny, like who besides Sheldon Richardson, who did we ever sign outside of our core group that like came in and was a a, a starter? Terrence Newman. Yeah, and that was such a Zimmer guy. Like, okay, you'll yeah. be the, you know what I mean? Like, other than that, like, yeah, it's just been the same group of, you know, Linval, yeah, he wasn't drafted, but he was picked up early in the Zimmer regime, and he's been here, you know? And otherwise, it's just been the same same group. No, but we're going to get some new people out here, so I'm yep, excited. And I, yeah, and I, uh, I think it shows a lot of uh, confidence from ownership to kind of let Rick and Zimmer do this. Yeah. So many organizations will be like, all right, you know, you peaked in the uh, the title game two years ago. You fell off, you fell off, but you still made the playoffs. And they kind of would have been like, a lot of teams either would have cut bait. Yep. It, but like, you know, they would have gotten a lot of lash from fan base if they cut, you know, playoff winners. But they almost would have rolled them back one more year, but not done all these moves. Yeah, that that would be the fear. Is it's like, oh, we made it to the divisional round. Let's let's try to, you know, maybe we do. You maybe you lose like Trey Wayne's, but we get everyone else back, you know. And it's like you're almost stunting your growth for another year, you know. And you get too much into these people that were like, well, if you have Kirk, you gotta, you can't go young because, you know, why would you do that? You should just get rid of Kirk then and go young at quarterback. Like, no, this team could still win. Let's we don't need to reach for a quarterback and now have a shit quarterback. Yeah, because I mean, like the one of the, my biggest fears is yeah, rolling everything back again, and then you go eight and eight, seven and nine, nine and seven, and then you fire Zamer and Spielman. Yeah, and then you got then you're not retooling. You are you are mm-hmm. full on not resigning Cousins. You are letting Cook go. You are playing out Thielen's contract, Reef's contract. You are just, I mean, retooling puts you back maybe a year if it fails. Rebuilding puts you back five to seven. Yeah, especially like in your scenario where we end up like, okay, didn't work out. We're, we're firing Zim, we're firing Rick. Now it's like you got to do the whole beginning part again. Like the whole, like, okay, I have half the roster I want. Now I got to purge the other half. And now I got to come in and bring my players in. It's like, fuck that. Like, And by that time, by the time they're ready to compete, the half the roster that you had is too old to compete. Yeah, yep. So you got to rebuild that half of the roster. Mm-hmm. And then, my, you know, it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's a never-ending cycle if you just say, all right, roll it back until it doesn't work. Yeah. And I, I just feel like with all the cards that were dealt this offseason, with Diggs not wanting to be here, with Trey Waynes being a free agent and getting paid like that, like Spielman did a great job of maximizing this team. 
to like be competitive next season. I mean, even on offense, like it's the same offense minus Diggs, but dude, we got Justin Jefferson. Like, I think there's a chance that this team could be like, like you said, win or lose, obviously you want to win, but like this team is going to be fun. Like to have this many rookies that have like, and maybe it's because we're just like Madden guys and we like like roster building and we like the draft. Like, so we're just jacked up to see this team with all these young players. Like, let's go. Yeah, I uh, I was just thinking about uh, the uh, the Wilfs and why they were kind of willing to do this. You know, the Wilfs aren't from America. They don't, and they own a soccer team, right? Uh, do they? Yeah, I think so. I think they own a soccer team, and they've owned one before the Vikings. And I think they get it. Like you know, they've owned franchises before. They know all about stability. So. Like, it probably worked for them over in Europe. And they're like, you know what? That's what you got to do. You know, from the top to the bottom, it's all about stability, you know, creating that culture. And just, if you think you have the right guys, do not get rid of them. Yeah, it's like, you're not always going to win the Super Bowl. You know, like, something, even if you have good coaches and good players and, and, and a good organization, like, just because they don't win every year or they don't make a long run every year, it's like, doesn't mean you should just fire them and start over again. Like, that's how you end up being a shitty team like the Browns. Like, it's just like, oh, three years and then we're restarting. Like, do like more like the Steelers. Like, you clearly have competent people that are good at their job. Like, let them just keep trying for, I don't know, give them 10 years. I don't care. Like, yep, yep, I agree. And, like, you know, the the Patriots, obviously, you know, great dynasty. They won six titles in the last 20 years, but that means they didn't win it 14 times. Yeah. You know, right. I, I know they made the playoffs a lot, and they, sometimes they got knocked out in the first round. You know, but Robert Kraft is smart enough to know, realize what he's got. It's like, all right, I got Brady and Belichick. Yeah. I'm going to go at it again. And the thing like, is, where, like, where, like Zim has done this with, uh, like, a f- carousel of quarterbacks, too. So, like, to, to make the playoffs, like, didn't we make a playoffs once with Ponder? But that wasn't Zim, right? No, that, but was, that's Rick. that wasn't Zim. That's still Rick's roster that he built. Uh, we, we made it to the playoffs in the second year. Yeah, with Teddy as a, basically, well, he's a rookie, but he was his second year. Uh, first year playing, he made it. And then we, like, he just, he had Bradford. Then he had Cousins. Then he had Case Keenum. Well, he had Case Keenum before Cousins. But, like, he, he made the title game with Case Keenum. I mean, yeah. I don't know. That's good roster building. Case, That's yeah. good coaching. And we've made runs, at least. We made it through the division round this year. We made it to the title game. We made the playoffs. Like, we've been a competitive team. Don't become Detroit and just yep. go through, you know, Caldwell, Patricia, Schwartz, all these coaches they've been through while we've, some teams just have one. Like, I don't know. Yeah, Anyone like, that wants to fire our coaches and GM, it's like, they're good at their jobs. How about we just don't do that? You know what uh, Detroit's biggest mistake of the last five years was? Firing Jim Caldwell. Yeah, who actually had them a winning record, I believe. Yeah, I think, I think three out of his four years there or three out of his five years there, he had a, at least a 9-7 and seven record. He took them to the playoffs once. Maybe twice. I, I mean, they should have, they should build a statue for him. They took exactly. him to the playoffs. Detroit playoffs? Like, yeah, they should be, like, praising this man. And they fire him and bring in this Patricia, who none of the players like. So Yeah, no, and Patricia decides or thinks that he has to rebuild the whole culture. And, like, did you read that Darius Slay article about how he hates Patricia? And he's like, dude came in, thought he had to rebuild the culture. When it's like, no, the culture was fine. We just needed to be, like, developed a little better. And he's like, nope, nope, you all suck. Yeah. We're tearing it down. We need a Patriots culture. And now they're, what, 5-11 and 11 the last two years? It's not going to work. Like, you just see so much, like, buzz coming out of there where, like, players just hate that guy. Like, 
it just doesn't Glover, Quinn, and Darius Slay, the two best yeah. defensive players, and Patricia's a defensive coordinator. The two players who should enjoy playing for this man yep. absolutely hate him because he treated them like children. Yeah, and what's what's interesting too is like you see guys like Rhodes leaving, uh Wayne's leaving, Mac leaving. No one has said anything bad about Zimmer. They may have, maybe they did get kind of sick of it, or maybe they didn't at all. Maybe they just moved on because they wanted to move on. But like, you don't see those comments flying, you know? Because I think at least with Zim, like he does treat them as an adult. You know what I mean? Like he like he gets on you and he wants the best out of you, but like it's always coming from like a place of like he wants the best. Like whereas like Patricia just seems like he's a dick and belittles we're, we're people. Like, yeah, Patricia, you know, he comes from Belichick, so he thinks he can yeah. be Bill Belichick. Yeah, you're but not Bill Belichick, Belichick. can be Bill Belichick because of what he's done in the league the last 40 years, yeah. you know? So, well, anyways, yeah. Vikings, you know, 12 and 4 Super Bowl, let's go. Best team. I mean, would you Are you kidding me? Are you dumb? <laughs> Are you dumb? 15 and 1, only loss in Tampa. Oh. Where have you seen that before? <laughs> oh, that's just going to Falcons, you know. Is that what's how it's going to end? No, because the Falcons suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. All right. Well, yeah, they're not going 14 and 2 like they did in 98. That's for sure. Fuck no. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we know we're at an hour and 47, so we probably wrap it up. Um, I guess we'll, I don't know what we'll do next. I, last year we went into some deep dives of the 90 man roster, but we went pretty heavy on roster this episode, so maybe we'll come up with some kind of topic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I mean, we can always grade the positions next time too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out for you guys. Uh, probably not next week. Yeah, it's hopefully too the dead week right after, now. Yeah. We'll probably, yeah. Hopefully we can pull one out in two weeks for you, but it might be another three week hiatus. Like we had this, this last time. But. Yeah. Maybe talk a little schedule that came out. I think it looks pretty easy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or, and we can also even look at like lions, bears, Packers, shitty classes, but yeah, you know. go over their off seasons even. So, all right, well, we'll, uh, Check these guys later, huh? A couple weeks? Yep. All right, see you guys.